Hello and welcome to the Saladcast on Saturday the 14th of January 2017. I'm your host Dan Train, joining me today, Zachary Burgess. We've got too much to talk about, not enough time and a whole system of things that barely work. And Robert Kemp. I count myself as one of those things that barely work. <laughs> How's that? <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't know. I'm, 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 I feel a bit of a mess today, having not- run in icy conditions this morning. It, it, yeah, and not being able to breathe for half of it. It's, yeah, How do you run fun. in January? Surely it like, I don't know. I it's guess all, it's, it's not it's that all, cold compared to some countries, but still. Uh, well, yeah, it's, the actual temperature on your body isn't the bad thing. It's the cold air hitting your lungs, making them yeah. shrink. <laughs> yeah, like, so just, you get re- really shallow yeah. breaths and stuff. Yeah, just totally yeah. unable to catch my breath this morning. It was bad. It was real bad. Mm. My brother says you do get used to that, but it's hard. Mm. Or used to it, or like, not that you get used to it, but that you it gets so it's not as bad do you like just plunge pool yourself every day just drop just just run a cold bath dip yourself in and go and then you get somehow not do that after a while (laughs) maybe i think just the running is fine (laughs) (laughs) all right but maybe that helps who knows that's less less entertaining but that's gonna make you everything cold and you're saying that's not the problem it's just it's just the lungs you want to encourage that effect, I suppose, so it doesn't happen. Don't know. Don't know. Yeah. But, I mean, uh, see, the thing with the problem is, is it like it was? I was I wasn't too bad until I started the run. You see what I mean? So I was hanging about outside for a while. And I was like, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, it's not too bad. Yeah. I've got my nice, nice new jacket on, nice new rowing jacket. It's, I'm, I'm I'm all right. So this will be fine. And then then the moment you start inhaling deeply, it's like this is not all right. This is not good. Made it around halfway on at my normal pace, but the second half I was just like, nope, got nothing. I'm dying a little bit. You remember that theory we had like ages ago about like everybody has a little bit of death? Oh yeah, <laughs> we're reminded of that today. It was like just because I was like sort of on the, on the ground at the end of the five k this morning, and everyone and Jay's around me, sort of going, "Oh, we broke him." And it's like, you're dying, and it's like, no, I just sort of casually say, everyone's got a little bit of death. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds so weird. Because <laughs> our, our idea, our stupid idea was that um, there's only one cause of death, and it's called death, and it's like a disease that you catch. So no matter what happens to you that kills you, it wasn't that. It was that that was you to contract death and then die, wasn't it? Well, yeah, that, that, that so if you get just a little yeah, bit of how much death you've caught. If you get shot, you get you catch death off that. If you get if you fall off a building, you, you as you hit the ground, you catch death. Yeah, we've just all got a mild case of death. We're <laughs> waiting for it to become malignant death. I don't know. Uh, so morbid. Yeah, anyway, that was dumb. It's a good theory. I like it. What's going on with you, Zeg? Other than uh, internet troubles. Yeah, mostly just that. Is that happening all the time, every day? Not every day, like once in a while. I suppose your router is technically in the same room as the kitchen, so we can call this kitchen net pitching. <laughs> sure, if you want to add to that with standard kitchen pitching, I'm always yeah. up for that. 
How's how's the kettle war? Nothing's happening. Oh no. Have you lost this war? It's quiet. <laughs> Too quiet. <laughs> Nobody wants to poke their head over the kettle drench. Past, past the iron gauze. It's not going to get any better. It's just how long it takes to get worse. <laughs> <laughs> it's like <a> real war. <laughs> yeah. Oh dear. Well, I've been having alarm clock travels. What? Stupid. I wanted to buy an alarm clock with a radio in it. Do you remember that? Clock yeah. radios, they were called. Yeah, they were they, all the rage in like the 1970s. They, they still exist. Exactly. So, and I was like, well, I'm going to get a digital radio, obviously, in it, which makes it twice as expensive, but whatever. Yeah. Apparently. So I ordered one from, and I got a Sony model because I was like, well, Sony, they're good. I like their sound. Yeah, that'd be good. And the first one, so I arrived in like, um, the the buttons were the control something the buttons were completely fucked the control you couldn't set the alarm like the as you tried to set it, it immediately accepted all the seconds all the settings and beeps and there was no way to <laughs> you, got, you got a random alarm yeah you had to like you had to like hold different buttons at once and and then uh, but it tuned into the radio and the radio sounded really clear and good uh, but then it, the controls were so fucked that it would actually turn on at random. Oh, wow. Like, it would just come on. Like, it was fucked. So I sent that back for a replacement. Because I ordered that off Amazon, but mm. it was, f- you know, f- fulfilled by some small electronic shop. Right, like, okay. You know yeah. how that is. So I sent it back, and then all the palaver of them sending a courier to come and collect it and replace it with another one. <laughs> then I got the other one, the, um, a replacement, you know, setting the alarm, totally fine. Couldn't tune the radio terrible signal in the same place and i thought oh god well i am in a basement but then the last one was totally fine and so i moved it around i tried it in the kitchen nope and i tried it next to my old digital radio that works fine nope fail total (laughs) fail so i was like well i want a working broken in a different way yeah this one's broken but in a different way so like either replace it or like refund i don't know your choice i, I think I, like, I think after two choices i'd yeah. like, definitely go refund right yeah, like so, both, both of these have been boned this doesn't bode well exactly so i went for refund uh so i did that and then i was like well this is annoying because i actually want i don't want to give up though so i look i was thinking well who else can i order from like sony seems like a good make but where can i and i was looking around and i realized what isn't on amazon that would be that's good is john lewis Oh uh, yeah, because I, I was about to say yeah. the, we've um, Gnome really loves her. Um, we, we've got a p- little pure yeah. one, and yeah, just that up up near next to her bed. That that works real great, and we got that from John Lewis. Right, so I ordered it off uh, one a John Lewis brand one off the John Lewis website. Yeah, they look and, right. and, and they do like a click and collect from uh, Waitrose, so I didn't even have to do all the. Palaver. Oh, I could just I was going shopping to Waitrose today anyway, so I was like, oh, so I picked it up. So I picked it up just as I got back to do this podcast, plugged it in, and it tunes great, but there's just a constant loud buzzing over all radio. Oh, God, really? Like, really loud, yeah. And you can tell underneath that the signal is perfect, you know, mm. for the channel. But and, and I tried switching it to FM mode or whatever, still just the same incredibly loud buzzing over everything. I tried it in the kitchen, same loud buzzing. So that one's clearly faulty. Wow. So I'm going to have to take this back to Waitrose. So it's like the saga of the can I get a single working fucking clock radio in, in 2017? I don't know. Are you better off just getting some sort of Bluetooth speaker and setting a radio alarm on your phone or something And well, at this point? 
that I stuff think... that stuff must exist on phones, right? Like radio alarms, maybe. From, but then I'd have to have Bluetooth on on the phone and have the speaker on all the yeah, time. I guess. No, no, no. I'm gonna get one that works. I mean, my main thing, the, one of the main reasons I'm getting a, a clock radio to put next to my bed is I've decided to keep my phone away from my bed at night so I don't look at it. Okay, um, that's quite a good. Idea. And actually go to sleep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I don't have my phone there. Um, so that's on purpose. Mm. Uh, it's also quite good if you're well. <laughs> that's also quite good if you're using your phone as your alarm, though, because it forces you to get up to turn the bloody yeah, thing off. Yeah, I've got that too. So that's like yeah. the secondary alarm. I can't wake up to. Uh, I can't wake up and immediately get up because mm. I just will be too pissed off. So I uh, need to yes. have a. So but, my but equally, plan is I can't to... use the snooze button. Like the snooze button is dangerous. And yeah, hour, totally. An hour so... will pass before I stop pressing that button. Exactly. So my plan is a, a, a is a dual plan where I have the alarm on the phone that's way away from my bed, so I have to get up. But I have a earlier alarm, half an hour earlier, that hopefully will turn on the radio, so I can listen to the radio while I'm waking up for half an hour. That is the plan, and I think that would be ideal. But eventually, I will get there. God damn it! Because yeah. previously, I had I used the sleep alarm thing, you know, what's it, sleep cycle thing on my phone or whatever. Mm. Um, and that was cool for years, and it would actually sort of wake you up at the right time and stuff. But I can't really, you know, according to your sleep cycle, or whatever. But I would just look at my phone at night, you know, when I have it there. So I'm ditching that, and it would stop me from reading. That's the thing. I've got a yeah, Kindle yeah. to read, but instead I would just go on the internet, which is what I've been doing all day. So <laughs> I'm trying to replace that. Do Bose still do those little things? Because they 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 used to have a fairly famous one, didn't they? The sort of like little little sound bar looking thing that was. Do they do a clock radio. radio? Oh, maybe I'll look at for Bose. Because um, we always used to have a big clock on the front, and it was like a little stand up thing that you put in a bookcase or something. And so I assumed it would have clock radio on it. I don't know. Maybe not. Probably. I mean, I'm really happy with my Bose headphones, so mm. I would I would pay extra for a Bose, you know, speaker thing. But um, I mean. This John Lewis one would be fine if it freaking worked. So, mm. uh, anyway, never mind. Yeah, so we've had good luck with Pure, and I got my dad a Blau Punked a few years back because he wanted a new one as well. Yeah. And uh, that, I, to be honest, I haven't had any feedback from that because I never get feedback from gifts. So it's because <laughs> it's always a risky venture. You don't want to ask, really, do you? It's like, oh, yeah. how was that thing? Uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, real, it's real nice. Yeah, Cheers. exactly. <laughs> anyway, that's my bitching for the week. Um, and I've I'll... had a similar story with my glasses. Oh yeah. In fairness, you know, I talked about chromostereopsis and all that nonsense that they've been trying to sort out, and how it was mm. something to do with a thinner lens material causing a greater prismatic effect. Um, so they decided, all right, let's not use the thinning material. Uh, come back in a week, and we'll have some new glasses for you, and uh, we'll fix the damage to that other frame that was there as well. I was like, all right, cool, let's do this. So I went back in, and. Uh, yeah, they'd thinned the lenses, and yes, the the the, the stereopsis effect, the chromo stereopsis, was was reduced to the to be the same as what I have in my current glasses. Cool, cool. But they forgot to put the anti glare on it, and it's like so. I like looked looked at a light source, and it was just like there's like five of these. No, that's <laughs> like, it's like oh come on. Uh, lame. Yeah, so you're gonna get them to replace it then? Yeah, they already they're, they're already building they're doing, building yeah. another set. And it's like I, I dread to think I like what because I, I guess with lenses they don't really keep them or at least they don't, they don't keep my ones as the problem like normal 
people's eyes or mm. non-prism lenses, I suppose. They just have stashes in stock and then they cut them to the size of the uh, the frame or they might already have some pre-cut for certain frames and things like that. But with my prism lenses, because they're rare enough, they, they have to make them to order every time. So I don't know what they're going to do with these like <laughs> multiple sets of lenses I'm just leaving about the place. Mm. Man, I'm a... Uh, I'm not very eco-friendly with my with my eyeglasses, my eye paints. Well, they should get it right then if they want to save the planet. Yeah, they should. Yeah. I'm getting my money's worth this time. Let's put it that way. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> I had three pairs of glasses by now, of which four, well, six pairs, of which four of them could probably have been worn. Well, so, by yeah. the way, did I tell you about the um, present I was getting from my mum, a Bluetooth speaker for Christmas? Did I tell you about it? Anyway, uh, I, I ordered sure. one. I ordered one from direct from Logitech, I think, mm-hmm. and it was being uh, delivered by UPS, and so I could track it all the way. And I was the like, "Brown van, yeah, the brown van." I was like, "It's out for delivery today. Awesome!" And the, I'm, I'm at home. This is going to be good. And I'm, then I can go back to Suffolk for Christmas and have it. And right, and of course, problem can't be bothered to deliver it or whatever. I was like, okay, well, I've still got tomorrow. No, they didn't deliver it. And then um, uh, I just kept occasionally looking at the tracking information. It was like warehouse scan, Mm. warehouse scan, uh, the address is wrong or something. And then we're like, the address is definitely not wrong. I mean, I've looked at the order and it has my address and the postcode. So I don't see how you could get that wrong, but it's like wrong, wrong, wrong. And eventually... Like I forgot about it, and then like last <laughs> week, I just got an email saying, "Yeah, you've been refunded." I was like, "Oh, oh wow!" So okay, was, they, <laughs> they, they, they treated it as lost in the mail. Apparently, well, I don't know. I don't know if UPS actually returned to sender eventually or something. Hmm. But it, either way, it never got it never got here. Weird. <laughs> so that was weird. But that was actually ideal because I I never had to complain or say anything to them about like, oh, now I have to post this back or whatever, because it got posted back automatically because they lost it or whatever. Mm. So I didn't have to lift a finger to get that sorted out. Well, that was, that's, that's nice, at least, at that, on that level. But on that level, it was nice, but really annoying. Yeah. I had, I had Royal Mail hold on to a, an item for um, probably the best part of a week before they decided to tell me it's being held for customs. Oh yeah, that's always it's, annoying. It's like, but it's like, but you've had this for days, and like it says, it says the delivery tracking says it's been delivered, and it's like, no, no, it hasn't been delivered. It's hanging about in in customs. And it's like, oh, what's going on? Yeah, silly peoples. Right, should we get Most on with video delivery. games? Oh, I guess we so, could. We've got a lot of games to cover. I guess this is a podcast about them. That's the idea. So we should probably talk about them. Um, news. News. Top story this week. Doot, 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 doot. Nintendo Switch. Yeah, big event finally happened. The event happened, so we know stuff. What do we know? It was bonkers. I know that. I watched it oh, twice. It was that crazy. Uh, <laughs> it wasn't it like Square Enix press conference or <laughs> I haven't seen it, so you guys relay the craziness. Uh, well, it was. It's a bit. It was a bit of a weird one. Just cause, and some of that was. It was hard to. It wasn't as slick as you'd expect from like a, a Microsoft or Sony deal. But that mm. that in part might have just been a feeling because well, it was Japanese for starters. So you know you have the awkwardness of a bit of translation going on and um, some translation parts obviously being quite difficult for the interpreters to do live. So some pauses and some stuff like that and. 
one of the interpreters definitely wasn't very enthusiastic sounding. Sort of just... <laughs> Why you've got Suda on stage at one point just going... <laughs> I don't, I don't know if that, was the, if, if that was the translator being unenthusiastic or the translator not understanding what the fuck he was saying because it was Suda. <laughs> yeah, that's probably true. That is probably accurate too. Uh, but we got pretty much every detail we need out about this thing. Cool. Really. Tell um, me. So let's break it down. Uh, break it down. Release date, March 3rd, global. Sweet. Um, coming out everywhere then. Uh, UK price will be 280 So it's pretty much the ballpark we were talking about, right? We On the high side, be, but yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think we thought it was going to be around 300 didn't we? Um, uh, but that's the, that's the system on its own with um, Joy-Cons and the grip. Uh, no pro controller or anything like that. Um, and no games. So right. there's no there's no pack in this time, so that it's just the box on its own, and that's all there. Shit, but, with like fifty quid's worth of Zelda on top. Yeah, well, oh. and you say fifty, the rumors are that that because they're cartridge based, the the, the Switch games oh, yeah, are going to be sixty Holy pounds, shit. which is a little nuts. But mm. it's a that's a, that's a big rumor. They haven't technically announced pricing for the games. Okay. So we're talking three hundred and forty pounds to, to minimum. Get, yeah, probably okay. to get started, and that's right. if you want to play with the Joy Cons and like the Pro Controller is. How much is highly... a PS4 and a game? Ugh, I actually don't know. Let me um, let me just Google that while you wait. Yeah. <laughs> well, go on Amazon. Um, so on top of that, and if we're talking money, they also implied that there is some sort of paid-for online service coming, but they didn't describe what that was. So, Nintendo well, they, Box they, Live? They said that basically they're not... It seems like what they're doing is not putting any of the actual like friends lists and stuff in the actual system. It's going to be a phone app. <laughs> yeah, they said, yeah, they did imply that as well, or that there was some sort of smart app, I think they called it, to do some sort of interfacing with it. Yeah, so, which which is also a little odd. Here we go. Um, PS4 standard slim with Uncharted 4, 240 quid. That's a good deal, isn't it, compared? But then these consoles have been out like three years. True. And that's like the old version of the PS4 at this point, really. It's not the Pro, but it is the new. <laughs> the it slim. Is, yeah. It is the slim, so it is like a new SKU. Or whatever. Um, I, I'm, I think the Xbox pricing is incredibly similar. So it's, yeah. Anyway, sorry. Still, so it is a more expensive unit, but you know, you're, you're getting the the modes of play. <laughs> you're, sure, you're you're getting TV mode and handheld mode and tabletop mode, as they went to great lengths to explain. It was quite nice in a way. It's like you don't normally have a, like a conference or a presentation that breaks things down in the amount of detail that they went into about about how this thing actually functions. Although they didn't talk about its on its storage capacity, um, and they didn't talk about the you know, the game cartridges. Uh, presumably because they're going to go have some sort of digital option as well as cartridges. Um, uh, so none of, none of that was really told. But they did say the battery life will vary from two and a half hours to six and a half hours, depending on what the game is that's running on it. And that's, that's, that's quite a range. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think they're talking like three hours for Zelda, aren't they? Probably, yeah. Again, not outside the realms of what we... We're predicting for that thing. Um, no. What the rumors already said. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I think, think yeah. A lot of this show leaked on 4chan. 
so beforehand so it was, there weren't too many surprises <laughs> left um, and also that that thing has has proper USB C compliant charging. Oh, so, that's cool. So they've they've gone that road. So that's that's neat. There's no that's good. Yeah. So in theory, you don't have to buy a Nintendo um, charger if you're on the road. You could charge instance. it off your new MacBook Pro. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You could. Which is ironic because you can't charge a, an iPhone off it, but you yeah. could charge a Nintendo Switch. Yeah, Nintendo have beaten Apple. There you mm-hmm. go. Um. So that's cool. There's some good stuff there. Uh, They confirmed that the screen is touch and is capacitive. Oh, that's good. Okay. Um, But they haven't shown any use of that. No, that's a bit odd, but fine. It would make sense. I mean, when they first first thought about it, it would make sense, you know, if you're playing Zelda um, uh, handheld to be able to, like, adjust, do touch through the menus. Mm. I don't know if you, but you need to be able to have a normal interface anyway. But might as well. I guess it's like Windows or whatever. It's like you can you can do this thing, and you know. Well, there's no uh, as, far, as far as the, the the sort of word goes. It's like there's no um, requirement of developers to do things in any specific way. They can make games that are designed for handheld mode. They and right, but you might provide an alternative control scheme for instance to do it like, you know, the Joy-Con pointer or something. But then yeah, there's more to that as well. We'll come we'll come back to the Joy-Cons. Um uh, and they they went uh, they made a very very special mention like this is normally the sort of detail that would probably come out after the event, but they straight up on stage just said that we didn't like the region locking approach anymore. So the console is totally unregion locked. Cool. Uh, imports a go go. Hooray for Australia! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's it's also nice because there are a lot of uh, Japanese titles that that never make it over here and never oh, have yeah, made that's it true. over here. So there's there's that's a good a, point, and a lot of those are either Sony or Nintendo console released. So there is a window now. Um, so that's that's real cool. Not that. Some of the well, I don't think DS was ever region locked. For instance, it's always it's only ever been their sort of main consoles that have had this kind of locking on. Um, uh, but yeah, that's nice. Like that. Uh, yeah. So let's talk Joy Cons. This is the this is the key thing, I guess. And again, they went to great lengths to say, "Hey, we've combined every bit of innovation from all of Nintendo's past into these things." Mm. Uh, so okay, they they. They are what everyone thought they were. They detach. They are, you know, effectively Wiimote capable in terms of their motion sensing. Um, Except, like, not exactly, because they don't have an IR detector exactly. They just sense it by position, I guess. Yeah, so as we alluded to earlier, if they wanted to do Wii pointer-style stuff, the the rumor about the top of the um, switch perhaps being an IR thing or a sensor of some kind or... Yeah, there's two little pulsing lights that they used to have. Probably not true. Um, or they just mysteriously didn't confirm it for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> In its place, there is an, a, a camera. There is still a camera there, but they, it, they seem to imply that it's good for like close-range gesture recognition. So you can throw rock paper. Like they specifically, he specifically said you can, it can tell the difference between you throwing rock paper or scissors in front of it. Okay, like a, almost like a not a depth camera or like a like a miniaturized kind of connect part. Kind of, yeah, because it what can tell it can tell distance to some degree, but yeah. it seems like with only within a few feet. Yeah, like, well, 
Maybe. They weren't very specific on that either. No. I mean, the, is, but it, it's not like a leap motion type. Have you seen not that doubt, thing? Yeah, yeah. I doubt, yeah. It's, I doubt it has that fidelity. But No. But it's interesting that it's there. Um, they did, again, we didn't really see an example of how that's useful. Like they haven't, they didn't seem to have made it made a game, or at least it wasn't apparent in any and of the presentation a, that, that that's being used yet. And it's another weird thing where that seems that camera is in like the bottom of that Joy-Con, so like when it's attached to the system, it doesn't you can't use it because it's pointing at your crotch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, all you can see is crotch. It's a good thing it's an IR camera, right? Unless you want a three D depth map of your balls. Crotch depth sensor. Okay. <laughs> yeah. How far away from from the? I guess maybe they could use that yeah. for some kind of game in handheld mode. Really, oh, like, no, hold no. hold it in this specific way, so we can see your crotch. They can, they, can, <laughs> they can tell the effectiveness of certain porn by what happens. <laughs> the depth maybe of something. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, what else we got? Uh, the 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 um the right hand one has an, an amiibo NFC reader in it. So amiibos will stick around. Yep, makes sense. Uh, money um, because money because money. Yep, uh, they're, they're literally called uh, Joy-Con R and Joy-Con L as well. Mm. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> um, uh, and Joy-Con L has a capture button, so they're going down the Sony share route, um, which at first they claim will be will just do screen grabs, um, but will have a video implementation in the future. So whatever yeah, because we need freaking what's his name, Luigi. Oh, you need Luigi Gart. Death Star, yeah. Death Star, Death Star. Luigi Death Star, exactly. <laughs> Which is the best thing. Uh, it's a good question as to whether or not that will actually be particularly great, because Nintendo are known to be super harsh on like sharing things. Like, you know, you can't put a video on YouTube without them trying to monetize it as yeah. Nintendo. Well, they can easily monetize these. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Well, the question is, like, where does it go? Because if the online service thing is an app and it's not really on the system, how how does it get it out? Well, yeah, because the <laughs> or does it just store it on the like memory and then you have to like export it at some point? Yeah, I don't know. Because the other implication is that Meverse is dying. Like, just this is going on on the side that they're not carrying on with Meverse. So that their their own social media platform is kind of you know as much as you want to call it social media, their own image Reddit <laughs> is sort of disappearing. Right, um, right. So they won't have their own platform. It would have to be like Twitter or Facebook or something like that, or Weibo. Amiibo's on Weibo. There you go. Uh, so that thing exists. Um, and the, the, the controllers, like when you turn them on their sides, there's these tiny little L and R buttons. These tiny little L, L's and R things. Oh, yeah. Um, but if they're a little too uncomfortable there, you can get these strap things, because, of course, wrist straps, that make those buttons bigger. Oh, that combines with a wrist strap. Okay, yeah. that makes sense. It's quite an idea. That uses cool. the, it uses the rail to slide the strap on. And they don't and come then... in the box, even though that's just two pieces of plastic. Yeah, no, I think, oh, they they, do come in I think you get two, two of the okay. black ones. And well, they that's cool. Because everyone will have them. Yeah, and I'm so... not entirely sure they are like entirely like just pieces of plastic because according to some people, the game the games can detect whether the whether the strap is attached to the Joy-Con. Oh, like wow. some to, games to... won't let you do it unless you have it attached. That's interesting. I think that seems sensible having having that little strip to make it more comfortable. Yeah, yeah, but the the nanny state sensor? Oh, that's a bit weird. I guess Nintendo are just trying to reduce lawsuits again. <laughs> Well, it's more like they just want you to have the bigger buttons, I guess. Mm. 
seems like the main problem with using them individually for like a normal game is that the L one has the analog stick in the middle. Yeah, I can imagine each one of them feel weirdly. So one is clearly better different. than the other. Yeah, well, they'll be different for certain people. Someone, some people might prefer the, the weird positioning if they've got massive hands, I guess. But... Yeah, maybe. I mean, the whole the whole Joy Cons and, and the grip do look quite diddy. Like even even in the hands of um, the you know the Japanese presenter, it looked quite small in his hands, even in the grip. So it's. Mm. Um, you know, there's probably a, there's, there probably are some comfort worries for American audiences there. Not so much for me because I have tiny hands, so it's fine. Um, average hands, average hands. I'm not Donald Trump. <laughs> um, uh, what else we got? Um, uh, HD Rumble. That was a fairly ridiculous, right? Um, sort of theoretical demonstration that he showed. You can tell how many ice cubes are in this glass. Something that we just don't know until we try it. Exactly. Yeah. And it doesn't like as what you know, they say HD rubble and you're like, how well how does that work? But even just thinking about it in like a physical aspect, it's like the motors for it must be really tiny to fit in that tiny, tiny thing. Well it depends yeah. how they work. Maybe it doesn't use a motor, maybe it's something some other kind of something that oscillates back and forth or something. They said yeah. it was some kind of haptic how does the Apple one work? Yeah, how does, how does Tap? Like, I don't think it's it's not a motor with a weight on, like like the traditional Rumble. That's not how they work. So it's got to, it's got to hit something, hasn't it, to make that effect or to to make it feel like a knock? Yeah, yeah. I I don't know how they work. No, still that 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 in a weird way has actually got me kind of excited. That would be re- that'd be really yeah, interesting. I think that's thing. cool. Because it's just like, oh, okay, I, I actually kind of want to feel what you've done here. If it's as good as you say it is, and I can feel multiple bits of ice in a glass be, rattling around. It won't be that good, but it will be better than Rumble. So. Yeah. That's that's quite cool. I like that. Uh, what have I missed? Is that, is that pretty much the joy? Oh, you can get the Joy-Cons in bright red and blue if you don't like one of each. Yeah. If, if, if you don't, you don't like even get gray. a matching pair, you just get... <laughs> You get, get one, one of each. Yeah. Although it seems like you can buy the Joy Cons individually, but I'm not sure you can buy the coloured ones individually. You can buy the black ones individually. It was funny because I was listening to the Easy Allies reactions version of it, and they were like, "Oh, I'm totally dual colouring my my Switch." And then the next thing they said was, "And it comes with one of each." And it's like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> I don't think anyone was expecting the weird combo pack. I guess they just wanted to make like the one one and two player difference slightly more pronounced well, <laughs> between the stick being in a completely different place. It also makes a bit of sense given the branding of one two switch as well, which is their their well, Wii, their Wii Sports. Only if you have those ones, though. <laughs> yeah, if you have the boring grey one, then it doesn't work. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think that's I think that's all about the Joy Cons, really. Yeah, so much. They did, didn't talk about how they're powered or what their battery life is like or no they did say that like the the, the grip thing that you mounted in charges mount the joy cons in charges them somehow mm. yeah yeah because they it had little green lights on the grip doesn't so it? What, what doesn't seem to be clear yeah it has the lights to tell the power of each joy con in the grip but what doesn't seem to be clear is whether the grip itself has like its own battery which can then charge the others or the grip needs to be plugged in in yeah. order for the joy cons to charge well, then so, do you have to charge your grip every now and then as well as the... There's a lot of things potentially to charge here. Yeah, but the grip has a USB-C probably, you know, yeah, probably. port, which the Joy-Cons don't, right? So you have to either 
connect the Joy-Cons to the tablet or to the grip in order to charge them. So if you were going on like an airplane or whatever and you wanted to use the in stupid tabletop flip stand kickstand mode, would you actually be better off plugging the Joy-Cons into the grip at that point in order to conserve charge on the main thing? Oh, interesting. What you mean, if the, if the grip powers the controllers, are you saving battery power on your yeah. Switch itself? But no, but then it needs to use the radio, which it wouldn't need to if you had them. I don't know, though, because I, the people have suggested that even when they're attached, they're still wireless. It really? doesn't actually create a physical connection. <laughs> that would be dumb. It, it doesn't yeah. look like there's a great deal of ports on that thing. Like, like it doesn't know where are the pins to do that. Um, would be yeah. would be the argument for it being totally radio. Because you wouldn't that want pins strange. along that edge if you, if it's also like the place where the other L and R buttons are when you're going to touch them all the time. <laughs> you wouldn't mm. want any metal bits that you could potentially erode with your fingers sticking out up there. Yeah. So I think that's probably true. It probably just does keep them wireless at all times. But I sort of agree with Dan. It's kind of dumb. Like, you know, you'd want it to just sort of... Or maybe there's a flap that opens when it slides into the rail or something like that, and then, but then maybe that flap can break. Who knows? Uh, that's... I don't know. I, I think they, 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 they're definitely going all out with their con- potential control methods here. And there's a little bit... There's a little stink, especially when you put this with 1-2 switch, of we want to recapture some of that Wii Sports flash in the pan again. Which I'm not sure they will, no. but... Not with this game, anyway. <laughs> no, well, yeah, one two switch is an odd one because it's they're attempting to um, create a suite of games. <laughs> they're basically, to make a video uh, game without any video. Yeah, like what, like just one on one, like stare your opponent down games was how they were described uh, with the with the well, tablet basic game. Yeah, with the tablet basing acting as audio cues effectively, and like no. Casual people are going to play that it makes even less sense to them than the actual game where you can see things that yeah. help you. <laughs> the, the example of it, have, well, I don't know, the quick quick draw run. I, I, well, I get, yeah, why, I get why they went with that because everyone can understand that, but that would be fun for like two minutes. Yeah, exactly. And, and you wouldn't play it on the dance floor like their picture suggested. Well, you wouldn't play it anywhere where there's any noise because then you wouldn't be able to hear all these audio cues that you're meant to be listening to. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Probably won't even be able to play it outside because of that. I don't know how good the speakers are on the screen, but probably not great. There's something about milking a cow in that game as well. Yep, that's what Giant Bomb seemed to be focusing on. Okay. It's Dan Reichert milking a cow expertly. (laughs) Well, he's (laughs) It's all that Stardew Valley experience. Basically. (laughs) It's really weird because there's a... Jeff posted a video of him doing it and um, uh, the instructions seem to be in all those games or that the people there tell you is like don't look at the screen concentrate on what you're doing with your well, hand nothing to look at on the no screen, which is, so he's just like looking at his hand as it's going up and down really creepily <laughs> like it's so weird <sighs> how do you competitively milk i suppose that must be a thing it's how much how much can you get out of the cow i guess and how fast you can get it out yeah well, it's a timing thing in that game, isn't it? Apparently, yeah. it's like you have to push what the top top back button on the top, and then the switch to the bottom 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 button on your way down. So it's like you're moving your hand and also switching between the two buttons in time or whatever. Oh, interesting. So it's not it's it's definitely more complicated than the Mario Party handshake then. Well, yeah, I guess. <laughs> and I did see on the that was my worry about this stuff. 
Thought it was I just see on the treehouse screen that there's another like that game is the first use of the IR camera apparently, mm. where they point, <laughs> you hold up the Joy-Con with the camera pointing at your mouth and pretend to eat a sandwich really fast, and then it rates on how many sandwiches you ate in a certain period of time by detecting when your mouth is opening and closing. <laughs> uh, okay, that's gonna look real bad. Yep. Oh, Japan. And your suggestive themes. There'll be a banana mode in it, I'm sure. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> okay. Well, at least they're doing something with that camera. I didn't realize that was something you could do. Although that one did seem like a one-player thing, or maybe you just take it in turns. I don't know. Because I guess only one of the Joy-Cons has that camera. Oh, is is that is that a thing? They've not do not both of them have it. Yeah, I think only the right hand one has it. Huh. It takes a lot of processing power to put that share button in the other one. It seems. <laughs> yeah, which is weird because the right one always is the one that also has the <laughs> NFC. Yeah. <laughs> so just cram everything in that side. <laughs> All right. Well, so any, any more hardwarey or servicey notes that they brought up that I've I've missed there? No, I think that covers it. Now it's just games. Yeah. And one two switch was the only one that had any more information about the hardware stuff. I guess due to that, the way it works. Mm. I'm just looking at the back of the dock because I'm curious about pl- how I can plug it into my kind of TV-less setup at my desk. It's probably the single HDMI cable, I reckon. It, it if is. It, if it's, if it's anything a like single the previous HDMI, stuff. there's a single USB port, like not normal big USB port. Mm. I don't know what that's for. A. And, and then the <laughs> AC. But it's quite nice because it kind of, those ports sockets are actually inside the back of the dock so you flip down the back of the dock to reveal those ports so you can make it like super neat so that only the cables come out of the side of it oh i see yeah Yeah. yeah, okay that's kind of cool the dock does nothing basically um but that's quite nice it looks quite neat um uh anyway there's no actual powerhouse in the dock after all you know it's not like no there's nothing in there yeah Uh, but um so consequently i am currently googling like HDMI audio splitter boxes, but it looks like mm. I can get one that will split out optical, and I can put that into my co- coax, mm. and I put that into my thingy. So yeah, not a problem yeah. for my rig, but yeah, that's yeah, not for in, you. In, but... in your scenario, yeah, I can I can see that completely. I'll just yeah, use my so monitor speakers if it comes to it. <laughs> Because those yeah. will probably still be better than the ones on the Switch. Oh. Well, you, you might be able to still. Well, it depends. Mm. If you plug it, if you put it in the dock, I wonder if you can use the. The headphone jack on the if it's in the right place still to just sort of feed some speakers. I think there uh, is a I guess. Jack, is there? I, I, honestly, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I saw it, but I'd be surprised if oh, there no, wasn't. Wait, he he wears headphones in the plane. Yeah, there's got thing to in the trailer, right? They come out it's the top though, don't jack. they? So yeah, I guess it could be up there. Be I wonder. Cool. If, I hope that the sound will still keep coming out of that. I bet it will just cut out. I yeah. wouldn't be surprised. I bet it would. I bet it would stop. <laughs> anyway, never mind. That that makes it less fun to just slot it into the slot though, because then you have to then connect a cable. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but still, yeah. at least it will work uh, if it works, which it won't. Uh, anyway, cool. Uh, yeah, games. Games. How about some Wii Sports boxing? Sure. Apparently, with depth challenge and replayability, as they kept saying repeatedly. Well, they've tried to make a proper fighter sort of or 
Punch out, like competitive punch, punch out. out. Yeah, yeah. The, the thing here is like replayability. It's like, I yeah, right. I'm sure. It really, the, okay, so arms, as it's called, which I actually think is a pretty great name. It's like it's apart from it's in capitals, which means it's probably a shitty acronym for something. I don't know. There was no dots. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. It, it's yeah. When they start talking about the replayability of Wii Sports Boxing, as in that depends so much on the fidelity of these controllers. Well, because, and the content of the game. Yeah. <laughs> if it's not just a mini game. Yeah. I mean, if they're releasing it as a full game, it must have some amount of content. But. Yeah. What it is if it's just that one-on-one fighting? It would be a bit rubbish as a full game, unless it is like. A, a budget title for download or something. Yeah, I mean, yeah, if they did it like a proof of concept thing, like a, for the system to show and off it, the fanciness of their motion controls, where it can detect all your twisty arm motions. Yeah, I was about to say, I think it looked all right, but like, it's just one of those games where it's like, you know what, this doesn't have to be a motion game. Well, uh, apparently, were, you can play it with the pro controller, so it oh, doesn't okay. have to be a motion game. Great, then that's probably all right then. Um, yeah. That. that game looks alright it's looked like it could be good fun in a sort of like virtual on sort of way but uh, yeah as a full priced title the, the content worry is there and I also just worry about the fidelity of the motion controls because who, who wouldn't to be honest uh, but way more interesting and up my street is Splatoon 2 not oh, just yeah. a port, it's a whole new game. Is this a full new game? So if, yeah. it, it, is that borne out by what you've seen of it, that it's a whole new thing? So, yes and no. Like, none of the maps they showed uh, in, their, in, in, the, in their trailer uh, were, are from the old game. So it looks like all of the maps have been replaced. The hub world has been replaced. Cool. Um, some of the character designs have have had a bit of an overhaul. Like, there's more hairstyles. <laughs> there you go. Um but but in terms of like the tech and the look of the game, it's and you know, a lot of the weaponry, it's identical, um, like absolutely identical. So it is like a like it doesn't feel so much like a true sequel in that sense. It just feels a bit more like more Splatoon. But Titanfall like two, <laughs> it, new maps, new guns. I, I guess Titanfall different. Titanfall two is different enough in feel from the first. Um, yeah, uh, but it and you know they've they've they kept gyro controls, which is quite nice because I quite liked playing it like like that. And uh, yeah, if you're playing with the grip or the pro controller, they have gyro in them, so you can still do that sort of like jiggly aiming if you like. Um, mm. That's probably not such a great tactic if you're using the handheld mode of well, the might switch. Be pretty weird but... with the pro controller as well to be gyroing the thing to like aim your view but you're not looking at the thing that's no different from using sense. the Wii U version because you're not looking at the screen on the Wii U when you play that well depends because the screen <laughs> on the Wii U is the map <clears throat> but yeah it's just like I don't know it doesn't seem like well, it doesn't seem necessary because it's not I guess <laughs> no it is it totally isn't necessary I just think it's a pretty cool way to play that game it was its thing um Apart from its, you know, fairly decent mechanics, uh, I'm, I'm not complaining at all. Like Splat- Splatoon is a is is a hell of a game, and if it's just all like just to- let's let's do this again, but we've just got all, like load every map is new, then that's kind well, of okay. It would be nice if they just reuse the old maps because that'd just be more content. Yeah, maybe they will. <laughs> I get the feeling that will be their DLC plan. Oh, they, you can't DLC the old maps. I mean, come on. They'll be like, oh, we've, we've, we've brought them back. <laughs> yeah. 
Maybe they'll read it. There's a good well, yeah. There's a good chance they might be in there. We just haven't seen them because you know yeah. they wanted to show the new stuff. They showed all the like all the special weapons they they showed were new as well. Um, at least four of those then, um, and some new secondaries that we hadn't hadn't seen before. Um, yeah, uh, that, that's fine. It's not a port. It's a new game with new live events and stuff like that. Apparently, they, you know, they're going to carry on some sort of replacement to Splatfest, unless it's just Splatfest Two. I don't know. But <laughs> Probably <laughs> there, there will be live stuff in that game as well. So, yeah, good on them. And also had one of those slightly more bizarre presentations with the Squid Research Lab man. Yeah. Didn't didn't quite translate that well, I don't think. Doing dramatic phases. <laughs> yeah. Splatoon 2. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, and then, you know, the stuff we talked about, about the map being like, yeah, it, I, I, I take back my concerns about that. That was a cool thing of the Wii U game, being able to just look down and see the state of play at any time. Uh, and their replacement for that is to just, you press a button and the map takes over the screen, which does leave you with a little bit of vulnerability if you want to have a look at it. Um, but the, you're, the way that you super jump to your teammates is now just a button press. Um, <laughs> Even though they have a little touch screen. I mean, maybe it still uses the touch screen yeah, well, yeah, maybe, the mode where you can press the touch screen. Yeah, maybe you can if you've got the handheld on. <laughs> Uh, or tabletop, even you could just mash it right in front of you. But, <laughs> Don't have that tabletop. You probably just knock it over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, but no, they, they seem sensible enough that, that they don't look like they will destroy the game. I want to hear stuff about new modes, maybe or new, no, but they only really talked about turf war being its thing. Because just like Titanfall, that's like the one mode that is what the game is essentially. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. Don't get me wrong; it is that game, but it would be nice to have. Uh, a little more variety, and that, not many of the other modes um, were that great. Like half of them were good, but the, but the, but they were all limited to ranked play. You couldn't play any of the other modes in unranked mode. Unranked was uh, just turf war only, which I thought was a slightly weird decision. But hmm. uh, so yeah, so I meant that. Uh, yeah, yay. <laughs> Uh, oh yeah, and it—that that was the other thing. You can like, if you have eight of these things in a room, you can set up full local wireless games. That's what they they said as well. Which is pretty crazy. That is pretty crazy. Just imagine how much Wi-Fi there is. It's going between eight systems and theoretically two Joy-Cons per system. Yeah, just Wi-Fi signals for all of that. Well, like <laughs> most. I'm sure most ad hoc networks are. One of them has to act as a host, right? So one of them is doing all the legwork. Well, that's. Always more crazy. <laughs> so that's the only way. Uh, yeah, so there's that. It's cool. Uh, out summer, so not a launch game, but will be out in theory within the first six months of launch. They did say Arms was out in spring, which is oh yeah, weird. so weird um, because like the system comes out in March, and that's basically the end of spring essentially. It's the start of spring in terms of well, yeah, quarterly yeah, quarterly windows. Yeah, so ARMS won't be a launch game either. Um, oh boy, here comes the weird one. Not and weird. That, well, I, I can't quite decide if it's good or not, is my, is my feeling on it. Let's go. Super Mario Odyssey. Right, so they took Station Square from Sonic Adventure and <laughs> then they put a banging donk on it. <laughs> a literal new donk. 
Donk, donk, donk. There's a new donk. Donk, 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 donk. Okay. It looks both awesome and terrible. I think it looks great. I think it looks great. I didn't the... realize for ages that that's actually a reference to Donkey Kong. I was like, oh, yeah, God, it is. Donk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. No, I mean, there's other references to Donkey Kong in the signs and stuff of the city. Yeah, there's like a dizzy, a dizzy cafe or something. And yeah. it's one of the... Um, uh, uh, was it one of the billboards seem to reference something as well? And it's, yeah, it's, it's I mean, definitely a... that I can't tell if that is a hub world or it's just one of the levels. I think um, it's one of the levels, I think but I think the, it's just one of the levels. So yeah. I, I think this is a kind of a feint where that is one of many. Uh, maybe they just went for it because it's like I don't, the, I don't think there's a hub this time. I think you travel right. to each zone as, on you, that as you want on that weird, uh, yeah, the, the flying house. Boat. thing yeah um, i think that makes sense because there's a shot where he's jumping off a building and you can pretty much see the extent of the level and it's like well, it's, one of the, it's one of the sized level yeah well bigger than that it looked it looked pretty big pretty big but not probably not sunshine style levels really, yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 that's bigger what i mean sunshine, bigger than sunshine yeah. well obviously i mean as an evolution like yeah, yeah. Uh, the size you would expect of a it's not a of... it's not a full open world game whether they described it as a sandbox it's like it's more no. like the sunshine style of it's like, like sunshine or, or yeah or, or mario 64 even i bet they won't we limit it how, how easily you could see the end of the level in that view as well <laughs> yeah, it's, like, it's meant to be in the city and then it's just like oh there's the edge like, it's <laughs> yeah. an island right it would, it would have been one of the the well the new york islands Maybe I don't know. It for? seemed like it had a weird skybox thing going on. Yeah, it did. Okay. Like out the edge. The gameplay looked. I mean, that hat jumping on your hat looked awesome. There's <laughs> just one I, mechanic. Yeah, my one concern with that is that, like it, you wouldn't be able to do that at that camera angle. Well, maybe. That, like, not, that, I don't think any of the camera angles they yeah. showed were the actual camera angle. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's hope not. Yeah. I mean, one thing that stood out to me is like, oh, that's bad graphics or whatever. Was that was when the shadow went across a building, and then I remembered that. The sh- the shadow being directly beneath you is a core part of the Mario gameplay because it's the only way you can tell. Yeah, it's yeah. very very good reason for that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I still think they could do something about it when the Mario when the shadow gets infinitely long. Uh, mm. You know, when it's on the edge of a building. But even so, I was like, oh, that sh- that doesn't look right. And then I was like, oh yeah, you need that. <laughs> anyway, I uh, I think it looks like a Mario ass Mario game. So I'm pretty yeah. happy I'm, about that. It's kind of there's there's some there's some interesting groups they could go because like the thing about 64 and sunshine were the somewhat scripted paths you could take in the levels as defined by the star you choose and whether yeah. or not they're going to keep that idea or if it's just going to be no they're all they're all available at all times in a sort of banjo kazooie sort of way yeah i um, think that would be cooler because how did it work because in in in, in, in like, so, 64, you had to choose the star you were going for. Yeah, right? and the same, and, and in Sunshine too, you had to pick the shine that you were going for, right. and that would just change parts of the level. Mm. And and the, any of the, it, it was possible to get the stars or shines out of sequence in some cases. Like you yeah. could stumble upon one of the other uh, routes um, and get that one, whatever star, star you you yeah. chosen. Uh, but there were some that, for instance, like you needed to pick this one to trigger the boss fight on this level, or um, was it in Galaxy as well? And technically, they're all in the same area, weren't they? But you, you had to pick the thing right. and it, it pick the right star to go for, and it would change the route by which you could get to it and things. So it's it's a, there's a big question as to whether they do some of that stuff. I bet they don't. It doesn't seem to fit with what they're going for here. Yeah. Well, the fact that in, it appears that like in every level there's a cap shop. I bet you're like changing cap skills to like yeah. access different areas. 
probably. Oh, cool. maybe. So, well, I don't know. Like the switching switching of abilities is is often not a great thing. But then why would there be a hat shop? It's got to be there for a reason. It's got to do something. And it exists in all the levels, as you can see it in several of the views that they show. Mm. And in fairness, that was the weirdest thing, I think, that actually my bad graphics thing was when he walked into that shop in the, like, Mexico-looking area or the desert area, wherever it was, and it was just, like, a flat, bright orange wall that he passes through. He clipped through. Yeah. It was just well, like, why did you show that? to see that so much. Yeah. Maybe there's meant to be a fade happening at that point, at that same time. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> But it's got that, they're, they're definitely doubling down on this. There's a style of rendering, aren't they, that they're doubling down on Nintendo. Like, it's the mm. Mario Kart 8 look, it's the Mario Galaxy look, it's the, to a lesser extent, the Splatoon look. There's a certain render technique that all Nintendo games are using now. Mm. And it's uh, it's a good look, but it's in all of their games, apart from Zelda. Um, yeah, fair. Also, Dapper Bowser. Pimp Bowser? Pimp Bowser, yeah. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. Oh, dear. He has a sweet hat. Yep. I'm well, pretty... apparently it's all about hats now, so... Yeah. <laughs> hat fight. It's Team Fortress. Yeah, Mar- basically. Super Mario Fortress. If you could buy hats to stack on top of your other hat. <laughs> Gotta have a tower of hats. <laughs> a modest pile of hats. Yeah, it, I'm sure it will be amazing. I have style problems with New Donk, but like, I don't like the fact yeah. they've station squared it because I never liked that in Sonic. Like, in why, Sonic. Did they, why did they go yeah. to the human world? That's not that's not cool. Yeah, but the trouble is, like, is it are they, they going to specifically be like, yeah, this is the real world, or is it going to be like this just happens to be quite human looking? But it's fucking New Donk City. It's like that doesn't exist in the real world. Has Bowser taken over the real world and fucked up New York, or is this just some weird like? alternate universe real world. wouldn't it be amazing if it was actually uh, oh, Brooklyn or whatever where Mario's supposed to come from and he goes well, back yeah. and, and everyone mean, looks is... at him in his new form and are just like what happened to you that is the weird canonical thing about this right? It's like, <laughs> he's going back to New York where he supposedly uh, came from except he didn't yeah that doesn't because canonically not, that's not in canon is it well Super Mario he's World 2 Brooklyn? is the canonical is the actual kid. It's like they were they were babies in the Mushroom Kingdom, and they right. were parents in the Mushroom Kingdom. It's like that. that I think sense. I think theoretically, like after they become like teenagers or whatever, that's when they end up in the real world at some point. I don't know. Uh, right, I've not. just got to go and turn off my heating. So yeah. okay, yeah, yeah. All that stuff was invented for the TV show, anyway, wasn't it? Uh, the uh, and the film. <laughs> yeah, TV show came first, and <laughs> then they just rolled with it from Brooklyn. Yeah, yeah. So, I'm, so I'm sure it'd be amazing. I just don't like that aspect. I don't like everyone was quick to point out why is everyone dressed like a 1950s businessman? Well, that's because it's probably not the real world. Yeah. Oh, well, clearly upside down like pyramids and like robot jungle parties. Not the jungle we'd I'd like to see, but, but or here. But, but robot jungle parties, yeah, it's clearly not the real, real Well, those world. ones aren't, though, because there's like food land as well. That's clearly yeah. like, it's another world. So maybe Overcooked. it's like... You know, you travel between worlds in your mysterious flying boat, house, yeah. spaceship, whatever. It'll be Mario Overcooked, come on. <laughs> no, it's not going to be. Ah. Deliver that onion to the toad over there. Well, I guess you will be probably delivering food to locations. 
That might that might is probably going to happen in Foodland. You're probably going to have to pick up a block equivalent and put it down in order to jump on it. Did we see a single toad? Mm, I don't know. I don't remember seeing a single toad. Mm, no, not specifically. We're finally toad free. I doubt it. I bet there's some. Um... It'll probably be Captain Fucking Toad again in his spaceship. <laughs> yeah. That'll I be bet, flying around. I, I bet we'll see some of the delfinos or whatever as well. And there'll, yeah, probably, well. there'll probably be some Yoshi, right? Oh, I hope there's Yoshi. And they've got the mysterious Mexican land. And they, the delfinos <laughs> appeared in that in the original oh, trailer, they're in, didn't they? They're in the Mexican. In the Mexico land. Oh, okay. Day of the Dead land. Yeah. Dias de las Muertos. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they. I don't think they dropped a release for that though. They said holiday. Oh, did they? Yeah. Uh, yes. End of the year, yeah. which yeah. is perfect yes, timing. Like, bring out Zelda for launch and Mario for Christmas. Perfect. Mm. They thought about this one. <laughs> Maybe, but then they. Well, yeah. I suppose given Nintendo's history of scheduling, yeah. Um, <laughs> well, given Nintendo's history of scheduling, scheduling, it might not actually make it out before Christmas. It might be literally like the last possible minute. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then they ran through some other stuff, which I don't, I don't think we want to talk about in detail. Uh, there's a new Xenoblade game coming where they changed the character designer, so all the people in it look different, look a lot more anime. Um, uh, Fire Emblem is getting a Musou game called Fire Emblem Warriors. So that's just Dynasty Warriors, but with Fire Emblem characters. Yep. Uh, Atlas are making a new Shin Megami Tensei for Switch. Um, Square are making something that they have dubbed the utterly bizarre Project Octopath Traveler, which basically looks like they're trying to do right. So the only bit of gameplay they showed was incredibly brief and looked like they're doing like SNES-style RPG combat, but they've sort of darkest dungeoned it and made it sort of like with dynamic cameras and sort of 3D and with lighting and stuff. Okay, it's kind of interesting that they're. They're still trying to do the throwback thing, but like this is an interesting take on it. Um, and the art style looked very Final Fantasy VI. Well, I guess that's just because that's just their most recent pixel art style. And they're like, yeah, that's, oh, I that's even our mean, most, <laughs> most newly... I don't even mean like, that. They had, a, they had like a concept art photo of them in a bar or something, and or set in what looked like a pub, and it, like that, that looked very that sort of... Uh, the very wistful, sort of floaty-looking artwork from... I might be getting that confused with another one of the games, but yeah. But something like that was there. Um, uh, Sega turned up to say, we like you, and that was it. Yep. Um, God, that was pointless. Uh, Skyrim confirmed. And Bethesda came to say that they liked Nintendo as well. Yeah. <laughs> and this was the, like, the part where they just got people to say how much they liked Nintendo. Yeah, pretty much. This was the point where their um, the presentations click um, gimmick started to get a little thin. Well, because they kept cutting back, they kept cutting back and forth too quickly. Yeah, they, like they, they were they, clicking they would, every like minute. They would cut back to um, I forget who was presenting at the time, but he, and then he'd always go, "Okay, now let's switch to this person." Click, and that was all he'd say in that segment. And it was like, "There's another click, and there's another transfer." And uh, some people were way more into doing that finger snap than others. I mean, they should have had the 
people who were talking do the click. Like, say, the Sega guy should have clicked to the Bethesda guy, and then the Bethesda guy should have clicked to Suda. And then, like, yeah. that would have made more sense. That would have been like, back to the expert dude. Now let, although I did like the fact that he, just every time it was like, now let's switch to this person. They didn't even introduce them. It's just, let's just go with this guy. <laughs> Uh, Suda51 turned up as we mentioned earlier saying he's making a game with Travis Touchdown in it but that he's talking to other developers about ideas for it it's like, <laughs> like the... it may or may not be anything to do with no, no More Heroes apart from the guy yeah and, he Most... likes, and it may be a wrestling game possibly yeah he said he wants to be heavily influenced by pro wrestling so okay uh, that's not a game give it two years uh, EA Super tall German man and tiny translator man turn up to say we're doing FIFA for Nintendo. Uh, and then we had a montage of which the only thing of note in this montage was, hey, they're making fast racing. What about Bomberman? <laughs> or was that in the montage? Oh, yeah. okay. I, I Very briefly. Okay. Yeah, Bomberman R is a thing. Um, Apparently it's kind of bad. <laughs> it kind which of Which I guess isn't that surprising because yeah. it's Bomberman. <laughs> It kind it kind of looks it, yeah. Like I, they, they, they do they do seem to have a mode in it from their official trailer where it looks like classic Bomberman. They've just rendered it in three D and it has like one of these sort of wobbling cameras, a bit like you know Smash Brothers in any modern game. And it's like no, that doesn't look as good. That actually doesn't look as good as original Bomberman. Bomberman. Uh, where else did we get? Oh. Uh, yeah, and then they talked to Reggie for a while, sort of really padding this out, being like, uh, like, oh, it's oh, kind God. of unnecessary because they did yeah. the European guy first, and he was just like, he did regular ass like business stuff, where it's like, oh, you need to check with your local retailers and all this stuff, and then they go to Reggie, and he's like, oh, I just want to talk. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much all he did. He was like, this is great, isn't it? Let's do some stuff. We're, I'm here at the Europe event where you might get your hands on it early, which is, I guess, why they did this segment, to, be, to encourage people to sign up to these early uh, exposure events, uh, which we already knew about anyway. Um, and uh, yeah, and then Shigzy and oh, again, forget his name, but the guy who's producing Breath of the Wild were there and he's like, well, when's this coming out? And he's like, I'm not going to tell you. We're going to have to hang back, hand over to Tokyo for that. And he's like, you've given me a very important question there, which I'm not going to answer. <laughs> except then they showed a trailer and it's totally coming out on launch day. Hooray! Oh, but except, you know, maybe not in Europe. If that rumor is to be believed. Was that rumor on 4chan? Then it's true. <laughs> I, that was one of the rumors that came out beforehand. Right. That like because of the European translations, they're being allowed to release it not at launch. That's a friggin' excellent trailer, though. As far as trailers go for conveying what the, you know excitement about a game, yeah, that did, that did, that did the trick. Including... That's what I was. That's what I was looking for from it, it in terms of like trailers and stuff like that. That's like that's finally got me hyped. It had a second of insane-looking Zelda fairy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you've got to have that in there. <laughs> I had a couple of seconds of like the new looking Zoras who are red now apparently. And have a fish on their head. <laughs> well they always kind of had a fish tail on their head. Yeah, but now it's just like it's an actual like fish. Just their their hair is a fish. <laughs> this is gonna be great. I'm and now I'm just worried that like there won't be any supply and I won't be able to buy one or whatever, but mm, it does there's, or, there's already indications, but based on the pre-order numbers, that that's going to be a thing. Yeah. 
So it might. So if you want one, I'm not pre-order it now. I'm not pre-ordering, man. I'm going to wait and buy it. All right. Then when it's available. It, then it may be months. Because yeah. <laughs> that's fine. Nintendo. Yeah, fair. <laughs> By which time Zelda will actually come out in Europe, so you'll yeah. be fine. Exactly fine. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, is there any more games? That was the show. Uh, they ended yeah. on that, and they just sort of said, like, but when it, when it said, like, a very slow reveal of March 3rd as its release date, that was like, that's it, we're done. We're going to end on that bombshell. <laughs> it was kind of unspecific as well, because it said, like, you almost kind of forgot that that was going to be the game's release date, and they weren't just saying that the console was coming out on that uh, as well. well. I think everyone knew because it was stylized still as the Zelda thing. Yeah, I guess. I never seen that video. Are you guys pre ordering the thing then? I'm not sure I'll be able to uh, uh, like justify affording one at launch, but uh, in terms of my my money output, but yeah, I'm 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 tempted though. But I'm, it might be one of those things like I'm doing the Wii U, like wait for it to get a few games that I want to play all at once, and then yeah. Seg, yeah, I'm just gonna wait and buy it whenever it's available. Wait and buy it. Okay, cool. Um, so what other, what other games do we know that are heading that way? Uh, Sega outside the show confirms that Sonic Mania is coming to the uh, fairly obviously to the Switch. Yeah, because well, that's a good fit. Um, There's a Mario Kart re-release, right? So that's good. Yeah, America 8 Deluxe. I'm glad they went with the route of make, like being specific and pointing out this is a port of this yeah, game. Yeah, it's the from, same. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. Um, I, haven't play, I haven't been able to play it because I don't have a Wii U, so that's good for me. I was a little bit annoyed when I, when I looked at it at first, and it's like, oh no, what have they added? They've got Inklings in it, and oh no, wait. And then I thought a new track for a second. It's like, oh no, how much have they expanded this by? And it's like, oh no, that wasn't a new track. That was a battle arena because they've revamped battle into the old style again. Oh, right. So that's basically the thing about this one, that old battle is back, and they've added the Inklings, and this basically just has all of the DLC from the Wii U version. Cool. Um, but it, that sounds like it. It's not like you're... like if you That was paid have, for, right, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, but it was very reasonably paid for. It was like it was a very, very good price for what that DLC is. Um, yeah, so, you know, they're doing that. It's like, so for me, that's like... Nasty. Sweet care. But, well, you don't need to buy it because you've no. already got it, but I can get it, so that's good. Yeah, it's a, it's a damn good Mario Kart. Uh, anything else they said they were doing? I can't really think of much else. Or I haven't noted anything else. No. No Mario Maker announcement, but... No. Uh, or no Pokemon, what's it? Yeah, Pokemon Star, they didn't confirm. Star. Yeah. I think we're some way away from seeing that. Man, imagine if that came out this year. You'd have Mario, Zelda, and Pokemon. I'm pretty sure it's going to come out this year if it's I think going that, to come out. I think that's going to be a holiday release. If it's going to come out yeah, this probably. year, it would, it, yeah. It's only a port job. Can't be that no, difficult. No, it's, yeah, but they usually wait. How long do they wait between like the two and then the crystal one or whatever? Or yeah, but that's different one. when it's on the same system. Because that's like. <laughs> but I think that's the idea, even mm-hmm. though it's a different system, is that it will be a sort of deluxe version or whatever. Just like those are. Yeah, and given that the Nintendo have been, you know, a bit in an official capacity, been quite quiet about it, I can't see that coming out anytime soon. I've been totally wrong on that before. In fairness, like I, I thought Zelda was going to get delayed for sure. But... <laughs> well, there was a rumor that it was going to get delayed, and then it got undelayed in a different rumor. Mm. <laughs> well. I mean, apart from the cost being a little bit much, but if it was two fifty plus fifty for a game, that would be better. 
Uh, yeah, if you look at it in a different way, in like how much they're trying to cram in those Joy Cons and the system's yeah. capabilities and the dock, there is there is something to be said that its price point doesn't sound too unreasonable. Yeah, um, that's all right. Yeah, cool. Nintendo Switch. Okay, that's the news. Uh, well, I want to raise one bit of news. Yeah, one more non-Nintendo news. Non-Nintendo, but it's kind of a bummer for me because it was the one Xbox game left that I was kind of the Xbox exclusive that I was kind of looking forward to because it's got because it was by Platinum Games and had dragons that looked like they were belonged in Panzer Dragoon in it. Scalebound has been cancelled. Ooh. And it sounds like it was a friggin' mess. Like, not the game, but like how it's been managed. So, which makes Microsoft's last two cancellations, this and Fable Legends, sound very, very similar. Like, just mismanaged and um, uh, creative differences from Microsoft really butting heads with the development team to a point where the rumor is, is that this game has been in development limbo for quite some time with them just sort of spinning their wheels and not being able to make some crucial decisions uh, and eventually Microsoft getting a bit fed up and pulling the plug. Mm. Despite the fact that game was due out in a few months. Yeah, fail. It's a, it's a bummer. I think that looked really interesting. It had, had, a, had a style and an attitude that I, I thought could have been neat. Uh, the, the weirdest thing about this is Phil Spencer says the result is better for gamers. <laughs> Right. It's, it's, go look up his quote. It's really odd. It's really odd. There is no sincerity to it, to it at all. I like. I normally like Phil Spencer, but but you're wrong, man. But that's that's, a, that's almost Matrix is. levels of of, of bullshit. <laughs> almost. It's not. Almost. <laughs> it's not. We have a product for that. Uh, right. But yeah, that, that ju- it leaves Microsoft in a fairly nasty state. I guess their Xbox exclusive lineup is like three games uh, this year that we know about. It's like mm. Sea of Thieves, Crackdown, and I forget what the third one was. No, Halo this year. Oh, Halo to Halo Wars two. That's it. That was the other one, and that's it. That's not. That's not making me feel good about my Xbox right now. No, Sony are doing much better with that. Mm. This might be the year I get a PS4. Yeah, or steal my brothers that he doesn't use. One of the two. You'll probably get a pro knowing him, and you can steal his normal one. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure he's that bothered. He really doesn't use his PS4 very much by his own mm, right. by his own admission. He's just not got into it. Mm. And uh... blarg, blarg. Right, what you been playing, Zach? What you been playing? Are we going to start this whole massive pile of stuff that we've been playing since Christmas? Games! <laughs> when we all started playing games. What have you been playing since Christmas? Uh, well, start with things that only I played, I guess. Maybe. Setting up a segue. I like it. Yes, that's the ideal plan. <laughs> <laughs> Got to move this in a logical direction. It's like we might have done this 178 times before. Yep. And, and virtually never correctly set up segues before. <laughs> Um, okay, so the first thing that I played, I guess, which probably don't need to talk about too much because it's kind of weird and was just a weird thing that I picked up in the sale because it was cheap and I'd seen it around a couple of times and I was like, what the fuck is this? But I played a game called 
Creeper World Free. Creeper World? Yes. Okay. I know nothing about this. No, exactly. <laughs> basically, what Man it looks is, up thing on Google. Basically what it is is it's a kind of a tower defense game, kind of. I, I guess you build towers and they defend. <laughs> okay. I guess that was literally the definition of that tower defense. Yep. But the enemy is like basically a, a pile of goop that spreads across the level. So it's like it's sort of fluid dynamics, except in it's like top down 2D, so it's not actual fluid dynamics. Mm. It's just like simple square to square spreading or whatever. Mm. So basically, you just have to like. It's slightly weird because the tower defense aspect is, is like only really relevant right at the start of the game because you like you have to build fast enough and efficiently enough and put your turrets in the right place to prevent you from being immediately overwhelmed by the wave of goop that's coming. But then after you've set up a defense that can destroy the goop sufficiently quickly compared to how fast it's being produced, it's like you might as well just end the level there, except it doesn't, which is kind of the problem with the game, because then you've got like half an hour of working your way through the goop to the spawners to get rid of the spawners, and it's like, once you've defended, once you've set up a defense that can withstand the wave, you're basically done, but then the level goes on for another half hour. <laughs> as in, you're not going to die, but you... Because you... nothing really changes. That's yeah. the problem with it. It's like, once you've puzzled, you know, solved the puzzle of how to survive right at the start, then you're basically done. Which is slightly strange. I feel like they could have set up ways to make it change. Because there are a couple of levels where it does slightly different things, like the the goop becomes like controlled by gravity waves or whatever, so it like moves to one side of the level and then to the other side of the level. So you've got like a a periodic thing mm. or stuff like that. It's like they could have done maybe some some more stuff. And there are like a couple of other smaller elements to it. Like there's this kind of like grid that's that is on certain levels like this lattice that spreads across the level that like helps the goop spread faster along it so you've got mm. to like more heavily defend those points and then there's like little en little enemies that can walk along the grid when it's active so you have to build special turrets to deal with those and it's like there are some slight elements of you know traditional tower defense defend against different kind of enemies stuff but you're more or less only worrying about the major goop wave mm. I wonder if it, like some of the stuff you talked about, phases there might have been a good approach to perhaps solve some of that that uh, you know the success problem. I suppose, like if if it had an aggressive, um, it's in attack formation now, and then once that's over with and you've survived it, it's like all right, here's here's a window for you to push, but you've got to do it within the time window before its next aggression wave. Yeah, maybe, and maybe it gets the the, the way you, the aggression waves get tougher each time, so there's an emphasis on doing it successfully you know I, I think there's a definite solution to that problem yeah, but then I'm, I'm looking at some of this stuff about the game here and it looks like it has, has actually got quite a lot of variance actually in some of its setups well it's got a lot of levels at least because mm. like it has it has a story mode which is where the more like specifically designed levels that actually have the different aspects more you know those appear there and then it's got like there's basically like to what appear to be they're not randomly generated they're, but they're like clearly machine generated levels I suppose where it's just like there's two other set sets that have a shit ton of levels one mm. of which is much harder than the other where, but they appear to be like computer generated levels which means they're mostly a lot, a lot the same 
and mm. they gradually introduce more of the elements the further you get through it or whatever. And the elements, you've already, the elements you've already seen? Yeah. Or, okay, right. And then there's also like player-created levels and like a you know some kind of upload download system for those so you know there's a fucking lot of levels basically but yeah it looks like there's, some point, there's a lot a lot of them that are quite similar it looks like there's some supply chain stuff as well uh kind of like, but not simply. really it's like the ammo for the turrets and when you're building things it flows along your network of links mm. but you know you're you by your natural progression you've kind of you cut in kind of the same way as the goop you want to just cover as much terrain with your grid as possible as well because that's how you get extra energy mm. so you you kind of naturally build a grid the only slight difference to that is that you like you can build special nodes that transport the packets faster mm. so you can create a faster bit of network but okay. that doesn't even really matter either because you can upgrade the, your like, roads well, it's because it's like it's like a constant flow of packets. So once they've started, once you've got past the initial like three seconds of the packets traveling to like a gun, they're just constantly flowing because it's always shooting. So it's it becomes relevant again. Mm. <laughs> There's just that like you could make those packets get there on that first when you're building it just slightly quicker. Doesn't actually, actually improve throughput, is what you mean? No. Hmm. Yeah, that sounds like a missed missed option. I'm assuming they have reasons for it being there, but they, yeah, that seems, that seems like what you'd want, right? It's the difference between like oh, I'm firing all these packets over broadband compared to fiber. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess there is like all the levels are have leader time trial leaderboards, so like you're rated on how fast you can complete it. So I guess to a certain extent, there is reason to do things as fast as possible. Hmm. And potentially there's tactics where like if you get ahead of the slime wave, you could get to like get to the spawners quicker because they won't have released as much goop that you have to fight through early in the level. I see. Yeah, yeah. So you can be done with it. Yeah. So I guess that's where the speed speed aspect comes in. But yes, it's a small little tower defense game very good for listening to podcasting mm. <laughs> which, is, which is mainly what i did with it over the christmas period it doesn't seem like a terrible concept no um, it's, it's it's it does seem kind of kind of nice but perhaps needs just a few little slightly deeper mechanics and more variation yeah so that's oh, that interesting it was like three quid so you know yeah a nice blind side as well for the podcast like, <laughs> what? what are you talking about Yes, got to have at least one of those. Yeah. Uh, and then I played some amount of Enter the Gungeon, and we hey. recorded a video of it. Yeah, so which that'll, uh, that'll be up we'll... in like a month or two at this no, point. No, no, I skipped to it. Oh, okay. So that is up right now. <laughs> Check out our YouTube channel. I think I, I think when we do like like basically when we do newish games, it makes sense for me to just upload them immediately because yeah, like it's, it's the I guess it's their window that people might actually watch them. We don't get much traction on our new stuff videos in fairness, but no, we don't get much traction on any videos. No, we've had a we've had a bad six months. <laughs> we've had a bad bad as long as that YouTube channel has existed. The um was it the... play more worms? Everyone will be happy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I, I think the um the um weirdly the. Uh, New York race video is quickly becoming. Is that a, is that a favorite? Yeah, it's continuing to be popular. Well, yeah, Starquake. How's that doing? Starquake's doing well. That's all stopped. I think everyone that wanted to watch Starquake has watched Starquake. Well, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's the thing. It's like when we when you have videos of things that are kind of weird and rare, like New York race. <laughs> mm. That's where you get the views somehow. 
Dr. So anyway. Draco. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, I entered the gungeon. I played quite. A, I've played a few more runs of it, I guess. I've started to like see it where it has marginally more depth than I initially thought it was, because it's basically like Isaac, only with with free like you know actual dual stick instead of four directional shooting, <laughs> I guess. Was that was that still true of the rebirth version as well? Yeah, mm. it's still only four, well. I'm, yeah, I think you can still only shoot four direction. It's just easier to like do the diagonal or shifted shots in the newer versions of Isaac. Okay. But you still only have the actual four directions that you can technically shoot in. Mm. So yeah, Enter the Guns is more like a dual stick shooter because mm. you have guns as well, obviously. And it's less like Isaac in that like the you're not so much making a build out of picking up items like you do in Isaac. Like in Gungeon, it's pretty much entirely based on what guns you get and the passives and active items that you get are much less important. Not quite so bonkers. No. Or, or effective. Or, or like mining. Yeah. So yeah, you pick up the guns and you run around and you shoot things and it's all about gun puns. Everything is a gun pun. Pretty good at that, in fairness. <laughs> Pretty it, good. Take, take some effort to come up with that many puns. And also, like, gun puns and references to other games with famous guns, I suppose. Yeah. Probably one of the best weapons that I've had so far has been the Proton Pack, of course. Woo! That was a pretty nice beam weapon. Although last night I did have the best run that I've had so far when, like, in... I think it was in the first level, even. I randomly got the prototype railgun, which basically acts quite a lot like a Spartan laser from Halo. Like, it has a charge-up period, and then you unleash the shot. And then it pretty much murders everything. (laughs) Yeah, and then it pretty much obliterates everything. And it's, like, it's ridiculous, because it's, like, not only does it... Is it, like, basically hit-scan, like, it fires instantly, essentially, but it's also penetrating, so it goes through anything that's in a line. Oh, nice. (laughs) And it does a ludicrous amount of damage per shot. It does only take one shot at a time, obviously. It doesn't mm. technically reload. It's like once you find it, it's just automatically cooling down for the next shot, I guess. Mm. But yeah, that was insanely powerful. And then I picked up a, like a, an active item that for a short period of time gives you two bullets for every bullet. So it basically just fires two railguns simultaneously. Nice. <laughs> so yeah, I, that would, got me through most of the bosses. I just just kept that gun in reserve, make sure make sure I always had ammo before I went in the boss room, and then I was like, oh, well, that was helpful a lot with this. You say most of the boss rooms, have you finished a run yet? No, I think I got to maybe the last boss, or like the the last at this point of the game boss, possibly. Which is like a giant dragon made out of bullets, as you would imagine. <laughs> okay. I don't remember what it was called. Oh, don't remember the dumb bullet pun that it had. Names are the best things. Bullets. Yes, bullets. <laughs> They're bat bullets. Ammo <laughs> mancers. You're so dumb. Oh, I did oh, like. What was, what was the? What's the, what, the, what were the books called? They had really the, dumb names. The books, the books were uh, uh, like I don't remember what the books were called, but the, the, the different editions of the books had their names like Ananasi One Hundred One and Belliteracy. <laughs> oh yeah, Belliteracy. That was it. <laughs> <laughs> I think one of the later bosses was called 
a revolverant instead of like a revenant. Yes, yeah. <laughs> which is like a bit of a stretch, but okay. Yeah. I'll take it. And then there's the gore gun. Because, yeah, gore guns. Hmm. I like the cut of that game's jib. Yep, it's pretty, pretty good. And it does seem to have like some layers to its like progression. Like you, as you play, play more runs, you like rescue other people to populate the initial town area. I guess you'd call it not playable characters, but just like shops and stuff. I guess. Like I've now uh, rescued uh, some people that give you like long-term missions, where it's like kill a hundred of this one specific type of enemy over your runs, and that but kind they, of stuff. Do, do, but they don't really end up in giving you advantages, do they? Per se. Like they, I, they, they, you, I think you you described it on the video as like the least of the stuff you knew at the time. You're unlocking the ability for these things to potentially occur during a run. Yeah, it seems like it. Like the the all I've seen so far in terms of unlocking stuff is the like unlock new guns and passive items that you can then find in the runs. So yeah. That's, it doesn't seem like it's going to affect like your starting stats, basically. You're always going to initialize a run the same, just like in Isaac, I suppose, depending on which character you pick. And yeah, so yeah, played a fair few more runs of that. It's still, I'm still really bad at it. <laughs> it's uh, it's quite was... difficult to concentrate on what the fuck you're doing when you're trying to dodge and then dodge roll and also shoot and reload. Yeah, I was keep terrible at it. And honestly, that's going to take some getting used to that game. But yeah, it was awful. Yeah. Although that was my first run on the video. Like, I hadn't, hadn't had any practice beforehand. So that was just me going at it. And yeah, and dying. I'd only done like two or three runs before that video. Yeah. Well. Go watch some new runs. Yep, definitely new runs. So yeah, that's that. Um, lots of bullet funds. Rob made a, a pun eventually. Yeah, I got, I got <laughs> took, a, I got took him until idea. after the video to come up with it, but luckily we were still recording. <laughs> <laughs> Worked out well. I was about to say it, but I'll, I'll leave it. I'll leave it. Yes, I'll leave it, <laughs> leave as, it as, a as a surprise. A little tease for you. <laughs> so that was into the gut, um, and then I think, well, you know, there's stuff that we don't need to talk about, like Rocket League and, <laughs> and so on. Mm. Not, great, not a great deal new to mention there anyway so no nope, we played some of that certainly apparently there might be a bug with the car that we use in our dream team in ranked no really apparently when they fixed the bug with the batmobile they like transferred the bug onto the octane somehow oh. like if you land in a certain way you like bounce sideways for no reason huh i, I noticed that well i'm not sure it was I'm not sure it existed the last time we played, maybe. And I haven't played that vehicle since that patch either, so by myself, because I don't use it unless we're playing in our team. I still haven't got to the bottom of why, at least for the last few times we've tried it, I've started getting significant lag spikes in that game. <laughs> I was getting a few, like, on a server... Like there was one specific server that it connected to me to like a couple of times when I quit, and it was like this server is literally laggy. I can mm. tell it's the server because none of the other ones are doing it. But I don't think that was your problem. No, because it wasn't, because it wasn't affecting like, you. The rest of us. Yeah, I, I don't know what's going on with that. The game only seems happy at the moment if I do a complete restart of everything and then try and play it. That seems to make it manageable at least. And Kippers has always had weird lag problems with his own. Yeah. 
And obviously, he has some fucked up controller situation, but that's <laughs> that's a different problem. So yeah, that's Rocket League. Uh, oh, I almost forgot that I also needed to talk about Shenzhen IO. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And what genre is that in? <laughs> it's in the genre Zach likes, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Stuff that Zach likes. Well, no, maybe no. Zachtronic <laughs> games, because basically they're all the same thing: Infinitary and Spacecam and Shenzhen and TIS One Hundred. They're basically all programming simulators in different different degrees of, of obscure, of, like of obscuration. Abstraction, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Although this one's more programmy. Well, it's more electronicsy, isn't it? Well, basically, like if you're talking about like how abstracted they are, you've got it's like it goes down the list. You've got Infinifactory is most abstract. Then you've got Space Game. Then you've got Shenzhen, and then you've got TIS. <laughs> yeah. So Shenzhen is easily the most program programmy one that I've played so far. And yeah, it's it's pretty much just writing fake code into microchips, <laughs> sort of. I guess you basically put down the. You have to put chips into the the thing you're making so there's like a limited area for you to put the chips in so that limits basically how much code you can write because the chips take up space and you can only write code within the space of the chips okay and then each chip has this little code window where you write the code for that chip and then different chips have different secondary things like like the basic chip only has one basically variable i guess you'd call it it's like a memory slot that you can put the information into but you can't you have like you overwrite it whenever you do anything with it and that kind of thing yeah. and then like the advanced chip has two slots but only one of them can do maths so if you want to do a maths function on it you have to transfer it into the slot that you can actually do maths on <laughs> so yeah it's just basically this fake coding thing and you have to write a looping bit of code per chip that deals with the incoming data and, and does a thing. <laughs> and outputs it in one or more ways. Generally, it's like you're... Ma basically, when you're running the level, it has like a bar at the bottom that shows you... It shows you like incoming signals and then what you have to output over time. So you have to make it match, basically, by writing your fancy code to do it. And it's a game which has a actual manual which is a pdf file which you kind of need to have open in order to be able to see specific information particularly on some of the puzzles where there are very specific chips that do very specific things but that in itself is part of the abstraction isn't it like with its language barrier yeah it like because of the like it has its own weird weird language there's certain there's certain things where it's just like there's a point in the in the early part of the story where it's like they reveal that you you didn't actually have the whole manual because part of it hadn't been translated from Chinese, so there was a couple of code commands that you didn't know about, and it's like oh now you can use these new new commands. <laughs> so you so you do. Is it actually and in Chinese? Really these bits of manual you get to see. So are the Chinese bits part of your um? There's the one. There's one page that's completely in Chinese for a chip that I haven't used yet. <laughs> a very complicated looking chip, which is probably why it's part of the puzzle. Which is like, here, have this ridiculous looking chip that has like a whole bunch of symbols all over it and, and the manuals in Chinese, so you could like work out what the fuck it does. <laughs> haven't got to that puzzle yet though, so I don't know. But then, you know, that's the challenge. A lot of the other manual stuff is just like you have to look up 
the way ships output certain values on certain inputs and stuff like that. It's like you want to you want to have this chip that when you input like a hundred, it comes out as twenty or something for no apparent reason, just because that's what the chip does. And you have to know what port it's going to go out of, and whether it's a packet or a continuous signal. <laughs> so yeah, that game's pretty pretty difficult. Mm. <laughs> they looked at you, showed me it briefly. It's like, well. The bit you showed me didn't look that tough. That's kind of no. It was you know, one of the earlier puzzles, I guess. Yeah, you, you and I, Dan, would know. Would pretty much instinctively know some of the stuff we'd need to do to clear that. But yeah. But even though I don't technically know much about programming, I, I'm still like occasionally frustrated by the limitations of their fake language, where it's just like you can't even divide in the maths, <laughs> so <laughs> so you can't do that. You can only multiply and add. And subtract, I guess. Mm. <laughs> Can't divide because it did. They guess. I guess they didn't want to deal deal with remainders and stuff. <laughs> they didn't want to have any floating point. Yeah. Is is it all integers? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I guess that sort of makes sense. But it is kind of awkward when you when you want to like, if you have an incoming packet and you like, okay, we need to. I need. I need to know what two times this packet is, but I also need to retain the original packet. So if I bring in the packet and then multiply it by two, then I'm fucked because I don't have the original packet any longer. <laughs> and there's no way to like store a reference to the old... Well, you have to store it in the other memory slot if you've got the two memory slot chip. You have to store yeah. it in both memory slots and then only multiply it in one of them, essentially. <laughs> yeah. Slightly yeah, but it would, it would get more complicated. More yeah, quickly. Like exactly. you'd probably end up you're, with you're... a modulus um operator that gives you the remainder. Yeah. Ideally. Like yeah. Well yeah, yeah, I had that exact conversation with Zach. It's like it, you know, integer map isn't that tricky. And you know, maybe that will happen. Maybe it's another one of those secret bits of code that we haven't had translated from Chinese yet. <laughs> you must have modulus in, in Finifactory, right? Is it odd or is it even, basically? Is that? Do you ever do that? Like what? You know, every other one goes the other way, or something like that. Kinda, except not really. Like if you, there's a level where you have to make two outputs, and one of them's too long, and one of them's free long. But then the way you do that is you just stack up five of the input block, and then have two of them go onto one belt, and three of them going onto the other belt. Right. You don't actually have to think about it. Really, mm. you just make stacked inputs and then separate them. <laughs> I mean, there are ways to make counters if you want to in Infinite Factory to make it do something once every many counts or whatever. Mm. But you don't need to. So that's that. That's Shenzhen. And then the last thing, which is where the segue comes in, because <laughs> it's something both me and Rob have played. <laughs> yep, exactly. Me and Rob both played Owl Boy. Owl Boy. Owls. This seems to be the main game of the Owl moment. Owl Boy. I got that for someone for Christmas. Rob? Yeah, I guess. Uh, yeah, I think so. I think, I think, think you got it for me. Yeah, I just bought it, I just bought it later. No. <laughs> the sale. Uh, I really like that game. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's not... I think there are... Like, it could have been... It, there's plenty in places where you can say... Yeah, that, that that could be better, and that could have been improved, or uh, da 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 da. But in, on on the whole, it's a I, I, it's a pretty great sort of retro experience. That's it's one of those games that makes me harken back to sort of like this is what playing games used to feel like. I'm sure. 
but <laughs> maybe, maybe yeah but just a little bit slicker like you know i really like the neo geo throwback look to it that's sort of the way that that pixel art hangs looks very much like it's like it belonged on a neo geo and how they they limited themselves a little bit to what that was done even when the, the rare occasion where they decide to do a zoom in that game there's a there's a way that zoom looks like some sort of like they don't bother blurring it and they don't bother doing like it's it's like there's, yeah, a, there's a fuzziness like to it. Yeah, there's a it's fuzziness like... to it. And the way the parallax doesn't quite move correct with it that, that I kind of dig. That's like, no, this is how it would have looked. That's cool. Um, and But there's a niceness to the to the animation in spots as well that is very reminiscent of that. Like, you know, certain things like animate at a certain low frame rate and then you get the sort of the the, the sort of fire that comes off of the um, giddy's blaster shots it's really nicely animated or the little explosions really nicely done and it's uh yeah it's a great it's a i, I love its look uh and um it's kind of a weird uh di- you know sort of i, I don't know I, I think it's like music and sound are kind of fighting against each other so because the sound design is kind of retro while the music design is a proper orchestra. <laughs> yeah. Mm. And it's uh, the two things do feel like they fight a little bit at times, but that soundtrack's really good. Yeah. Gnome didn't like it because she, she, she listened to it and was like, I'm not sure the tone <laughs> of this music fits what's going on right now. <laughs> and she's an actual orchestra, so she would <laughs> Yeah, well, she thought it was tonally off, but I didn't have that problem at all. I thought it was good. Uh, yeah, it's an e-game. It's, it's. I wouldn't go as far as to say it's like Metroidvania style, but no. it, it has no. a little bit of that. It's more of a linear progression as you go along. Well, you just not revisit really, a whole there's only world a every now couple and then. of times where there's anything that blocks you that you can't do until you get an ability. Yeah, like you have to come back to. And it's only ever for like the currency. Often, not anything. Not usually for anything super important. Yeah. Um, and there are plenty of times where the game actually just points that out to you as well. It's like, hey, you should probably go do that thing. Now that you can do that thing, uh, yeah. But it's, it's interesting, like having a platform game that's not a platformer. You fly everywhere, and it's uh, that that felt kind of different. Man, it's also a dual stick shooter, like Gungeon, basically. Mm. You're moving a reticle around and shooting in a direction most yeah. of the time. Uh, it's got some neat. I, I think the story was neat, although it does fall into the, uh, without being spoilery too much, uh, it does fall into the, uh, the the indie game trope of being way too ambiguous when it gets to its main driving point of it all. Well, there's some. There's a couple of problems. Well, the first problem I had with it is like it's clearly not long enough. It's like it feels like there was just a bunch that could have been added. They could have extended the game quite. Sure, a bit more there's not a lot. There's not. Did. There's not a lot of areas, and you spend way too much time in Stratos, and that area gets really annoying. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, so there's there's that and, and and the stealth sections. Not a big fan of the stealth sections. Well, some of them were better than others. Yeah. The poison stealth section. Yeah, that's so good. Not so good. Uh, but like story-wise, the the problem that I had with it, without going into spoilers, was that like it had a perfect setup and a law reason for there to be either a new game plus or an alternate ending or mm-hmm. both, and it didn't have it. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, that's this is what yeah this is what I mean about the ambiguity of that storyline and what has happened and what hasn't happened, and you you never really know 
why things are how they are or how they end up. And it's uh, that that always bugs me because it's like I do the thing where I finish the game immediately. And I'm like, all right, what? And I go end up going like reading theories and uh, well, the blog posts and stuff like that. You had, going, to, like, you had to finish it and then you had to go back. Yeah, for one specific but, uh, thing. <laughs> but, then, but then that in itself only adds to the mess. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't answer any questions at all. It just makes it more complicated. And it's like, what is? It's I, I kind of love it and hate it at the same time for that. Because it's 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 awesome, but I, I kind of wanted to walk away from it with a little more satisfaction, like in in the narrative. Yeah, and it also suffers from <laughs> trying not to spoil it again. But it also kind of suffers from the same problem that Bravely Default had, where like the person you're fighting against for most of the game, you think he's a bad guy, but he's not. <laughs> yeah, I, that was kind of yeah, you, I saw that a mile off. To be fair, well, yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, obviously, but like your characters again are just like we have to stop this thing from happening and it's like maybe you don't want to stop that thing from happening guys <laughs> yeah. it's exactly the same thing that happened in Brave Default oh what with the the layers you mean in the, yeah the with the, the like game. the crystals in Brave Default okay, where it's like yeah, yeah. we have to save the crystals it's like no actually you have to very specifically not save the crystals essentially yeah. that's a fairly common plot device I'm okay with that but I thought it was done quite well well, I thought but, it was, but, but I still saw it. Cut. <laughs> well, like, like right it. at the end, I thought it was kind of dumb. Like, uh, you can't talk about it without necessarily spoiling it too much. You can't talk like, about specifics. You can't talk about characters. No, but like when you're coming up to this last bit, and you're like, okay, I'm in the room. Here's the guy. A thing's gonna happen. And if you've reloaded, if you've already completed it once, and you've reloaded the game. You've gone and seen the secret stuff, and then you've gone back in. That should be where there there should be an option to not do the thing you're about to do, surely. <laughs> yeah, I guess you should go into that, and that would be really interesting if that played out differently because of the yeah the extra knowledge you've gained and stuff like that. Yeah, there's there's some odd and cool stuff they could have done with replays that they haven't touched. Yeah, um, there there are some differences, but they seem unintentional. Um, and again, I won't go into it though. But there, yeah, there are there's some reports of thing of. Very weirdly minor things changing on a second and third run through, but they are so minor that it doesn't sound like they mean anything. Yeah, it's just like it was so obvious they could have easily had the new game plus hook, but it but, just ends. <laughs> but I, I still, I still come away thinking I quite, I really quite like this. It yeah, was, it was, it was neat. It drew me back repeatedly cool. to be like, what am I going to do? Now? I could start something. I could start a big game, and it's like, no, I'm going to finish, finish freaking Owlboy. <laughs> And like, they did. I still put like eleven hours into it, you know, to get all the way through and feel satisfied that I finished right, and get it. Get everything, yeah. Basically, I didn't. I didn't hundred percent the achievements because most of them are like are hidden, and I had to look look up a few of them. And they are quite easy to get, but it's yeah. like, but there's, but there's just one that's really dumb, and it's like, well, I'm not going to waste the time to do that. <laughs> like, no, no. They did fall into one more of like the classic, like collectible game traps where the last upgrade that you get for collecting everything makes it much easier to, to, to traverse the world when you don't need to any longer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, thanks. I've traversed the entire world, hunted down all these hidden coins, and then when I get, get the upgrade, it's just a thing that lets me traverse the world much easier. Which so, yeah, I, I could, no have, longer could have done do. with that while I was doing my fetch quest. <laughs> and you really don't need to. Like, at that point, there's literally nothing unless you haven't got one of the secret coin things, I guess. And you have to go back to it. 
but yeah. there's literally no and even like in the last like the last level after the point of no return you still can't use it because of reasons <laughs> mm. actually uh, yeah i thought the sort of, yeah no you can't 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 spoil it yeah i'll shut i'll stop it's a it's a cool game it's worth playing for sure yes um uh, or the best, the thing that makes me smile every time is that D-pad logo when it when it when, when <laughs> that, that, like that noise. Yeah, but like it has a real cool sort of like like a nice old school sort of do 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 sort of jingle. But then there's that the way I think the voice in the background is saying D-pad sounds so much like I don't know, just like some guy going D-pad, like <laughs> such 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 an accent to it as well. So it's like do 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 D-pad. <laughs> it's like it's great. I love it. Yeah, a cool game for sure. Yes. Pixel games. <laughs> yeah. So I take my segue and run with it. You should do. Yeah. Uh, what have you been playing, Rob? Uh, played a bit of Overwatch. Uh, there's because they they added a new level. Uh, there's now an official uh, sort of uh, king of the, the one of those the king of the hill style levels um, added. Well, now just, we're done with um, 2016. That does seem to have been a popular choice for Game of the Year among the. Yes, it does. Yeah, it was, it was fairly fairly common amongst various reports. And it's, it's a big deal. It is a very very well constructed game. Okay. I think it think it think it deserves to be getting the attention it does. Um, I still think the Witness was our, was correctly our choice, but yeah. oh yeah, that's our choice though. Yeah. And, uh, and Zach, Zach did point out that the wind has had some sound effects we should have talked about for best audio thing mm. as well. Um, which again, I can't really talk about because they're spoilerific, but. Because um, <laughs> this isn't a spoiler cast thing. No. Uh, but yeah, there's some stuff we probably should have nominated it for. <laughs> for but Overwatch. Still but, but Overwatch. It's still very good. The new level is very good as well. Uh, it's. I think there's a certain amount of they've got to the point where like you're when when they do do a new level it looks a little bit like oh okay now you've pulled this asset from here and this asset from there and it's it's like not necessarily entirely all new work mm. um but uh, uh it's it's still a fun to play new edition and it's got it's got some vertical stuff that's kind of new to it as well um as well like there's one point where they've put an unreal tournament style like jump pad in and it's like oh we haven't had these before there's, and that means there's like more there's a nasty opportunity for someone to do some vertical camping at one point, and it's like, oh, okay, um, but it's it's a good fun level. So you know, like that, that game continues to be fun to play. Yeah, um, uh, oh, I still mm, please Zach, come come join us <laughs> in our guerrilla based warfare. Uh, and. <laughs> I don't really have a great deal else to talk about other than my 360 has been sat under the TV for a while. Because I got it like while I was going to, I was going to sort it out and like put it away. And I thought, okay, well, if I'm going to put this up in the loft, I better do what I was going to do and move all my saves off it um, onto uh, into the cloud. So if they, if the games do become backwards compatible, my, my mm-hmm. saves are all accessible and stuff. So I did all that, which took friggin' ages. And then, but because it was out, it's like, I'm going to play some games. Um, so Zach and I played Marvel vs. Capcom 3. Yes, which, you do. Is, which is a fun-ass game. Um, although, <laughs> it's one of those games where it's, it's really fun at first, but then as you start actually starting to care about its mechanics a bit, the inconsistencies in it are, for a Capcom fighter, are a little surprising mm. in spots. Um, 
like certain specials, which clearly have a long wind-up, but during the wind-up they're invincible for some reason, whereas others you can interrupt immediately. And uh, like clear uh, animation hit zone whiffs and things like that, where it just, it, and it's, yeah, what if it's crazy ass assist system? It's way too hard to see what's going on sometimes. Uh, it's one of those things where I really like its style, but if you want to try and actually try and be good at it, mm. it's kind of frustrating. In, that, the, that in the same way that a lot of Capcom games are, I guess. That was why we had to make sure not to play it too much and start yeah. really <laughs> You have to play it occasionally when you can just button bash and it's weird. And funny. Yeah. So I did, I did play a bit more of it like mm. after we played it, tried to, trying to solo it, trying to figure out, because I did get reasonably okay at it at one point, um, uh, playing it with a fight stick this time, because that works. Um, and yeah, just a, just eventually just ran to the same problems that I did before. It's like, I'm not quite sure. There are certain, there are certain AI uh, opponents which are uh, where, the, where the, the, the AI is just obscenely good with them, and they all tend to be the fast characters, which is a classic fighting game problem. Like Street Fighter Four had this in spades, whereas the moment you come across a fast character, you're done. It's like you just have no window. Like I don't have the reflexes to do what I need to do against a fast character, um, which the AI can do immediately. And it's uh, and that becomes no fun. So if you get a fight like that, <laughs> then you're in real trouble. Same same here. And sometimes you can get get a real dealt just a real nasty hand of that because if there's three characters you could be fighting against, and if all three of them are quick, then you're in a lot of trouble. Uh, and because of the nature of the team up attacks and things like that, especially on the last boss where you're fighting two, as a point where you're fighting two fully controlled AI people at once, um, and they can combine attacks in some really nasty ways. And it's like, well, I've lost all my health before I've even got to the main boss fight. Um, it's yeah, it's a it it puts me in a state where it's like actually maybe the move towards having only two characters per side in Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite might have been a smart idea. Mm. I mean, it takes away a little bit about what that make, what that, what makes that game unique, but um, in terms of it actually being a playable fighting game... Something you can actually play. <laughs> yeah, that might, that might be a sensible move. But uh, it's, still, it's still... It's a thing. It's, it's a fun, ridiculous thing. I kind of wish they would... They, yeah, it's good that they're doing more of it. Let's hope it's good. Uh, but yeah, you know, while it was out, I also tried a few other things. It's like you, you can't go back to Dead or Alive Four. Like, just that game plays so differently to everything else. It's like no, I can't, I can't play this at all. Um, uh, what else did I try? Uh, I tried, I tried a bit of Street Fighter Four on the fight stick. Still sucked. Still can't get into that game at all. It's like I did tried doing the mission mode with Ryu, and the first few things it asks you to do are combos that require frame precise timing, and it's like I can't do that. Mm. I can't do that. Um, uh, I played a bit of Soul Calibur Five with the fight stick. <laughs> My goodness, it's a uh, game. Yeah, I just wanted to see what they were like with the stick mainly. Yeah, and it's like that game plays really well and is actually still really good. Mm. Uh, I liked that a lot the first time um, when I first started playing it. But like, yeah, playing it again now is like this, this game. This game's really quite good. Like four, I wasn't so hot on because Darth Vader and Yoda were ridiculously overpowered because um, they were in that game. Yeah, uh, but, I remember but, that. But, that but was five was a really nice balance, even though Ezio is in it. Ezio actually fits that game really well, and is mm. a cool character to play as. Um, so yeah, five is a way is is a pretty good package. Um, 
and it had a, you know a proper story mode and things like that. You know, when you, when it was going up against Street Fighter in terms of and Marvel being like super bare bones packages, and then Soul Calibur and Mortal Kombat come along, going, "Yeah, we've got a story mode and we've got this other mode, and you can make your own characters." And it's like, "Oh, okay, there's more to you. I like you." Uh, that's a, that's still a cool game. I'd quite like to see a Soul Calibur six. <laughs> What's going on with that? Is that a possibility? Or? Uh, well, they sort of teased nothing by doing like, hey, it's been like 20 years of Soul Calibur or something recently. Helpful. And they put out a trailer going, hey, isn't Soul Calibur great? And it's like, yeah, it is. Give us another one. Um, and then they haven't, they haven't said a thing. Um, I guess Namco are busy with Tekken 7 right now. But... So there's that. And the final thing that I tried, of all the games I have, um, because it didn't, it's not backwards compatible, so I thought, let's give this a go for for the kicks. Oh no, there's two more things. Um, oh, I played Ridge Racer 6. It's Ridge Racer. It's Ridge Racer, yeah. There's a, there's a simplicity of days gone by that that game reminds me of. I don't know how that game got to that point where it was like next generation graphics and stuff and was just Ridge Racer. Yeah, the, the same handling, the same ridiculous yeah. um, on-rails sliding, the same... Well, admittedly, it had the Nitro mechanics that had been only in the PSP version before. Yeah, that PSP um, one was really good. But yeah, this, is, that. this that. is the PSP version. Yeah, it is, yeah. And it's... There's, there's you know, your, your bombastic announcer, your bonkers music, your... Um, before HD was really an accepted thing, super large fonts. Mm. Um, it, it's a... It's a fun thing to go back to, and I found myself—I found it kind of difficult to take my tear myself away from it once I'd started. I thought, "Oh, I'll just play a couple of races, get remind myself about this." Ended up playing like ten or twelve of them before eventually mm. stopping. And it's like I can see why I went through the ridiculously long campaign of this now. That's sort of a nice, relaxing, mm. just brainless game. That's kind of okay. Yeah, it's got something, isn't it? Yeah, there's a. I still, I think it's really stupid, and it doesn't play in a particularly skillful way. It's quite easy, mm. but it's, yeah, it it satisfies. Uh, and then finally, I played through all of Child of Eden on hard mode, which I hadn't done before. I thought, oh, fine, this up. This is never going to be backwards compatible because of its connect stuff. Um, right, yeah. Um, so, yeah, to, I wasn't playing it with connect. I was playing it with the controller and, yeah, did, did the whole thing in hard mode. And it's like, yeah, that was that was nice and uplifting. Yeah. With the uh, space whales. The space whales, yeah. I said hello to the space whales. <laughs> um, shot some ethereal fireman in the arse. It's, uh, you can do that. Um, fired bullets at a tree make photos appear <laughs> yeah that guy seems to be wanting to get back into games after having been like Mizuguchi yeah after being yeah, out for a while being um, out for a while he seems and, and then making well I I'm assuming it was him that was behind Res Infinite and Area yeah, it was. and stuff like that yeah, yeah it was him yeah and a new team or whatever well yeah. relatively new he had his old producer I think yeah get back some of UGA Mm. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much all I've been doing. That's my that's my roundup. Coolio.
it's been a, it's been a it's been a fun couple of weeks. Really, so fun four weeks, like however long since we actually did a proper roundup. But yeah, sort of in, sort of enjoying it. Excellent. Games, what's on the horizon? Not a lot, really. I don't know. Not, nothing really much on my radar. It's like it's a reasonable uh, year for some stuff. Like we've got Horizon on PS4 soon. Mm, yeah. You, you don't have a PS4 yet, so... I oh, I can steal one, probably. Oh, okay. <laughs> Fair enough. I still want to play Uncharted 4, for instance. So. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Me too, kind of. Games. Games. Yeah. Uh, I've been playing Homeworld for some reason. Oh, uh, yeah. I saw that pop up. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember that? <laughs> The word, yeah, you're playing the remastered version, right? Yeah, it's the remastered version. How far did, had you got with that before then? Because you were sort of, were you Not telling us far. about the first one or had you jumped straight to the second? No, no, I'm, I was playing the first one, but I didn't get that far. But now I've got quite a bit further. So I think I'm like at least halfway through the home world, the first home world hmm. campaign um, at this point. That, yeah, that game is, um, uh, I mean, it looks cool. I, I I like the feel of it, or whatever, that all the kind of the world, or whatever. And I like the ships and like the the graphics and everything are really nicely updated and stuff. Um, but like as a game, it's as an RTS game, it's kind of weird. It's very rock paper scissors. Mm. Um, and I've worked out that really, basically, I don't think you can really play it properly. I think you basically have to. Um, you have to know what's coming in order to configure your rocks and your papers in the right, to, to, in order to build the right rocks. Right. So you, you play the level, see what's coming, and then <clears throat> yeah, you do have it to again. do that. But there was, there was more, always a bit of that, like RTSs, of the, yeah. even in like you know looking at the Command and Conquers and stuff. That was very much that, right? Get a feel for what happens on That's this level, true. and then and then use but your the, foreknowledge to beat it. But this is a bit more extreme because your fleet persists between levels. So, and sometimes you get ambushed instantly. So, basically, you have to know what's coming in the next level and then go back to the end of the previous one in order to build your fleet. Ooh, that's kind of nasty. Uh, which is kind of a bit grim. But that's basically how it works, as far as I can tell. And with that method, I can get through whatever. And also, there's no way, there's no kind of um, speed up button for um, collecting resources. So, if you've got to the end of the mission, you just have to wait if you want to collect all the resources mm. um, while your guy's flying around. You can use that time to sort of, you know, reconfigure your fleet and stuff and build what you need for the next mission. But sometimes mm. you sort of have to go and make a cup of tea or something and leave the game running so that you can collect your stuff. It's a little odd. You think they'd have thought of that and just been like, hey, you've got everything on this map. Yeah, you know? now, yeah, exactly. So there's no kind of, um, despite the fact they've lovingly you know, restored it. There's no, there's no real kind of quality of life improvements. Yeah, like yeah, quality of life improvements to it. But I, I do like the kind of weird. I like the style of it. I like the sort of bare bones story of it. It's quite nice. The sort of the aliens seem alien or whatever, even though they're just ships. You don't see what they look like as aliens or whatever. You know, it's just like I don't know. It's just the the different races have quite clear design philosophies or whatever quite nice you know obviously that's true of the best rts's like <laughs> command and conquer and starcraft has that but this has it applied to just spaceships and that's quite nice um uh but yeah um 
You're looking so, forward to getting to two then? Because like, I don't the, know. I, I hear two's relatively different. Yeah, well, I mean, it's hard one, so I don't know if I'll get through it. Because mm. um, might just jump. Well, I don't know. Yeah, I, well, is it one of those things where you can't, can't quite bring yourself to play two until you've finished one? Well, I don't know what I think they. I don't know how two is different. I guess I could jump to that. I mean, I think they upgraded the the kind of controls and sort of systems in one remastered to be two standard. Oh, right. So, so yeah. So you probably won't actually experience much of a difference. So it won't be that much different. So it's mm. more probably in terms of the ship strategy and the story and stuff. So I have to see what they've what they've done. You know, ten years ago, whenever it was, to change mm. it. Um, but yeah, uh, it's pretty cool. Um, oh, and there's um, limits. I hadn't realised this, but even if you have the resources, there's like limits to how many of a certain kind of class of ship you can build that must increase over the levels, I guess. But all right, yeah. so you don't just have a unit cap; you have a specific unit. Cap. Yeah, it's like class. It's all about classes of. So you've got like fighter class, and within that, you've got interceptors that has to be good against fighters but that seems dumb because fighters are good against fighters and they are fighters so <laughs> anyway um uh, and then um bombers attack bombers are fight are fighter class or whatever and then the next cl- and they're good against capital ships or whatever uh and then the next one up is um uh, corvettes yeah so it goes fighters corvettes and then frigates are proper ships that actually have hyperspace drives and don't have to dock. Mm. Um, and then uh, frigates, and then then I think it goes to destroyers, yeah, or whatever. They're big. I think they can't, I, They might count as capital ships. I can't remember. And then there's definitely, then there's full-on capital ships like you can build. Um, no, I think destroyers are capital ships. Anyway, and you can also build carriers. I've just unlocked that, but mm. I don't think I'm going to bother with that. Cause it's basically like a um, like in Command and Conquer, having a second, yeah, construction yard or whatever. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's like you can send one. At, the carriers can build ships just like your mothership can. Mm. And presumably dock an awful lot of stuff. Yeah, I think so. So you can send them to the other side of the map, and then your guys don't have to. But like, for example, to to you can uh, to to repair fighters, you can use support frigates, and they they can dock with the support frigate. Um, and um and the um the miners can dock with a resource the resource collectors can what are they called yeah there's resource collectors are the mining dudes and then they have a little resource controller ship that you can build so that they, they, they don't have to go all the way back to the mothership to deposit so it's like the resource collect controller is like a mobile refinery basically okay right uh, so you can move those around uh but yeah it's kind of cool just watching them work, like compared to a normal game. Like it'd be very boring watching Miner in Command and Conquer go about his business, but in Homeworld because it's all in three D space and you can see the and also the things they're collecting, like asteroids or like you know, recently it's been like ribbons of gas that look really cool. Like you're in a nebula, it looks actually quite it's quite nicely done. Mm. I don't know how it looked originally, yeah, but yeah, it's very rock paper scissors. So, um, and I think I'll get to the point where I. I can't win by that method and I have to actually apply a bit more strategy. It's it's quite hard to micro, you know, con- uh, send lots of quick commands. Like if you were a professional StarCraft or 
right. you send a lot of, you'd issue loads of commands all the time, right? But with mm-hmm. this, because it's in 3D space, it's it's actually quite hard to just click on where you want something to go sometimes. And you have to be constantly repositioning the camera and everything. So it, it, it would, like with fighters, it's basically impossible to keep track of them. So you have to just sort of bind them to, uh, you know, with groups, mm. you know, to the number keys and then just say tack that thing yeah all of you just go go to yeah, that thing. all of you go over there yeah exactly so it's like managing your groups i have had some problems where the groups don't seem to persist properly between levels so even though when you select them it um you can see selection boxes around them and it has the number of the group on the box you, you know you know mm. uh but sometimes so you click on them and it has the number of the box but when you're hitting the key it's not actually selecting them after you've jump levels so sometimes you have to weirdly reassign your groups and that's especially bad if i mean these are my main complaints it's like it's especially bad if the mission starts with an ambush you can get in real trouble where your guys aren't ready uh and 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 also like they you can dock the small ships with the mothership to protect them or whatever but by default they auto launch immediately after they've Mm. docked and you can turn that off, but it's really fiddly. And sometimes, and that I can't. Sometimes I can't get that to persist be- between levels. So let's say I want to jump, and I don't want all my guys to immediately launch. That's actually quite hard to do, or it doesn't work. And they mm. won't. And it takes them ages to dock back again. And I'm like, no, no, just freaking. So stay, that, stay where you are. I got to the point where I just recycle and retire. You lose your resources that way, but I just retire all the stuff that I don't want to cause trouble in the next mission and get mm. the resources back and build something more useful. Right. Yeah. Is there know. a um uh oh, what was I going to say? I suppose I suppose that by the sounds of it, it doesn't have a uh, pause mechanic, so you can't pause and issue orders. No, it's all it's, it's all fully real time. Um, no, there's nothing like that at all. Um, yeah. So no total have, annihilation tactics. Yeah, yeah. You have to save a lot basically if you want to. There's no quick save or anything. You have to. I'm, I'm like labeling my saves like the name of the mission and then a number. Yeah, a number of the wish and dash. What for? What number I'm on? And just did this thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, I need to go back to just did this thing and do that thing better. Basically, everything can go to shit really quickly. Like it takes mm-hmm. ages for your mothership to die, but all of your fighters can get wiped out in like two minutes easily mm. if you don't if you're not paying attention and it's like well I might as well try this again but still I kind of like it and I like I just like the atmosphere of it and stuff and the ship designs are cool and, and when it's working obviously like it looks really cool how, how your fighters are like flying around in formations and shooting from different angles at the enemies and stuff yeah and the mm. trails look really nice of the yeah yeah, uh, gotta love a good trail. Yeah, it's classic. I was, I was just thinking about the um, was it the the Wipeout twenty ninety seven or whatever it was a uh, version of it on PC where you could make the trails ridiculously super long. Super long. That's yeah. cool. Oh man, I have to get a PS four just to play Wipeout. Can't we? <laughs> <laughs> Omega Edition. Yeah, because you never really played HD and Fury. No, because I didn't have a PS three. Yeah, yeah. No, that that you'd, you'd enjoy it. It's a good one. Yeah, I really want that. So. So, because I need, I, I mean, so I, I think it might this year might be year of going back to consoles. So I'll probably get rather than upgrading my PC, mm, I'll probably get a Switch and a, and a, I'll need a PS4 in order to play, or or an Xbox, but probably a PS4 in order to play Red Dead when it comes out. Yeah. yeah so you know, it's got to happen. So might as well. 
It's got to happen. It's got to happen. I, 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 mean, I, I love your definite nature to that. It's like, it's got to happen. Well, what will happen with Red Dead 2 is I'll buy a PS4 Pro or whatever and then play it, and then I'll play it again when it comes out on PC. <laughs> buy it, and play <laughs> yeah, it yeah. again and play it again. That's true. That is your rock star pattern. Yeah, it's got to be done. Anyway, I mean, at least with GTA 5, it was significantly better on PC. With this, it will probably be basically the same. But anyway... Maybe next year my PC will be ridiculo powerful or something. <laughs> and it'll ridiculo. be worth it. Yeah, not for a while. I looked up that IPS screen, by the way, and it's it's twice as expensive as my screen. So mm. I think, well, not twice, but it's like £800 instead Ooh, of £450. Nasty. But that's, a, that's pretty perfect. It's IPS, it's 27-inch, it's 1440p, it's got G-Sync, it goes up to 144 hertz. I think I'd need something as big as 27 inch though. It's so really big. nice. Yeah. <laughs> I can't go without it now because uh, I mean, that was the size of the iMac, uh, you know, I, I got sure. um, when I sat down at work three years ago. And mm. I'm like, oh man, this, this is awesome. So I like having that size. And it was great for, I mean, I, I, my current graphics card would run um, GTA 5 and Metal Gear Solid 5 at 60 at that res. And uh, look really, really nice. So, um, but yeah, but if it had G Sync and would go up to high fre- refresh rates like yeah. your 1080p monitor, that's basically the perfect monitor. That is the thing. That, that's what I'm after now. I'm not even too too fussed about um, resolution to some degree, but like you know, I, I think I would go 1440 next rather than full 4K. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, the G Sync stuff. And the, and the 144 hertz that they often have. Yeah, those, those are the those are the two things I would really like because it's as we talked about before. It's it's that moment where it jumps slightly out of sync with your yeah. with your refresh rate that you start noticing micro stutter. Even yeah. if it, even if you're running a 120 hertz screen and your game is running close to 120 hertz, there are times where if it drops to like a hundred, for instance, you start yeah. noticing a little bit of micro stutter because it's not yeah. correctly tying up still. And it's, yeah, yeah that, that will be solved. That will get solved yeah. by G-Sync, and it's like I, you probably will never notice that. Like you're, yeah. it will make you so uh, accepting of frame rate drops. I guess. It's yeah. The hope. Exactly. It's the hope. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. I, I'd like to see one in person, but I think it sounds paper. Although it's very expensive, it sounds perfect because 4K yeah. is just ridiculous. You're not going to be able to power that. Um, you know, for for years. Um, you know, for for full-on gaming and, no, and well not unless at, you do three-way crossfire or whatever or you exactly. know, three, or three-way sli on a 1080 and even it's, just for normal use it's like it's too like windows doesn't really scale that well like or for example everything's too small still even with their scaling options and stuff i guess you can sort of but you you've got to the point where with 4k where it's like it's it's a bit awkward for certain uis um whereas 1440p is totally fine it's like ideal i think for now Anyway, yeah, I normally turn that because that DPI stuff tends to be on in uh, for Windows tends to be on by default for yeah. like laptops and yeah um, and the Surface now, and it's like I almost always like almost immediately have to turn that stuff off. Not it's, it's too small on the Surface on a Surface to use it like that, but mm. but it's uh, you, you avoid so many other problems with like certain bits of uh, old Windows interfaces not being yeah, able to resize exactly. correctly. Exactly. And you know, uh, working with WinForms stuff, I've had problems with 
uh, DPI settings actually just making bits of UI break, mm. like not render correctly. Um, so it's and they were totally to do a DPI settings as we found out. So it's yeah, there's there's some stuff about that where it's like I wish it was better mm. because it should just work, right? Yeah, exactly. It's, uh, but it, but it doesn't just work. Anyway, monitors. Mm. Uh, but yeah, homeworld. So I'll keep playing that probably a bit. I need to install Hitman because that was like giant bombs game of the year, and I should probably play that um, since you got me that for Christmas. Yeah, I really want to see your take on it. Like, hey, hey, yeah, with it. it's... I'm kind of curious. Um, so that we, we might one. have to set up next time if, if when you're about maybe set up some video stuff with it as well because I, I, really, I just I just I'm not sure I want to play that game, but I kind right. of just want to watch you play it. <laughs> well, I might not be as funny as. Uh, anyway, yeah, I have a tendency to want to like play along and and you know make suspension of disbelief work or whatever in games, which is mm. kind of dumb. It, it sounds like in Hitman to be successful, you have to kind of look at it as a stupid clockwork toy rather than real life. I'm not even sure you do. Like, you're like, you're like, there's an element of that that makes it even funnier. Like, until you realize yeah. that's what's going on. That's yeah. the, like, or until you while you're still confused about the rules. Mm. That's like. There's an element of that's what makes it entertaining, at least at least in a, for video. Yeah. If you're trying to play it properly and get it done, like yeah. if you're just trying to get it done and get it done successfully, that's not going to help you one bit. But yeah. Yeah. so I shall see. Cool. Uh, that's the podcast, I think. Yeah, I think so. How are we doing? That's <coughs> the podcast. Two hours and twelve minutes. <laughs> Surprisingly. Timing. Okay. Um, check out that new video on uh, YouTube. Dungeon. Also, our video about Games Factory stuff went up. Yeah, so, so if you want to see all our old stuff from when we were when we were wee bands, <laughs> um, check that out. I would highly recommend having a look at our dumb shit. It's pretty funny. It's pretty funny. Um, yeah, there's more of that to come as well. There's a second part that I haven't yeah. started work on. Yeah. Two parts to that. A two and then, and and then eventually a, a third part. There might be an MMF part later on. But I don't yeah. think we have that much more, do we, Zach? I can only really think of Metabreed 2. Well, we still have to redo the end of the other one, so that will probably be in the third video anyway. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, <laughs> sure. We've got Tank and Metabreed 2 and... Yeah. Maybe it's just a mini-video but for Metabreed 2, if we can figure out how to get it working. But yeah. yeah. Yep. So check that out, and uh, we'll be back in a couple of weeks for um, more regular Salacast. More regular Salacast. Nothing happening. Just regular yeah. ass letters. January Salacast. And, and with us dressed on top. We are the dressing. Indeed. <laughs> or, is, or are the games the dressing? What are we? Are we the, like, are we the lettuce? Or is the medium of podcasting the lettuce? <laughs> We're the salad. <laughs> right. The salad is the lettuce. I know. Catch you, catch you next time, listeners. Bye-bye. Bye.